Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to Always Almost There, a Goose podcast series on We Move Through Stormy Weather. I'm B, a.k.a. Jive Goose. I'm even Kev. I'm Sweet D. And I'm Neil. The four of us are here today to talk about the seven-show run from Vermont to Raleigh on the Driftfield Summer Tour. And then maybe we'll talk about Bonnaroo, but we haven't gotten any recordings on that just yet. Let's dive right in and talk about Vermont. Okay, so Vermont, uh, I was actually there, and it was a hell of a show. You know, as far as Goose shows go, it's probably one of the coolest vibes of any show I've been to yet, up until this point. Really cool venue out in the middle of a field in Vermont. It was a beautiful day. The weather was perfect. The temperature was perfect. Went with a, a bunch of old friends that I knew from Vermont growing up. So it was a really good time. So uh, let's just kick it off with the, the set list. Uh, set one started with Lead the Way, Atlas Dogs, Earthling or Alien, Indian River, Flow Down, and So Ready. And for me, it took a while to settle in at this show. But I was really stoked to, to hear that lead, lead the way. Uh, I think you guys know how I feel about that song. It's one of my faves. And great opener, too. Great opener. Yeah. Hell yeah. And also, one of these days, we're going to hear that 20-minute lead the way. This wasn't it, but it was pretty great. And then the really controversial Atlas Dogs that uh, a lot of folks have a lot to say about. I enjoyed it. You know, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more as we go along. And then a really fun Earthling or Alien, which like, you know, it's without the all the, the extra stuff that comes with Earthling or Alien. Uh, and, you know, I had a really good time dancing to that one. Uh, Indian River was kind of the highlight of the set there. It was a heck of a jam inside that Indian River. And then Flow Down So Ready to close out the set. What do you guys have on this one? I'm also a big fan of the the Lead the Way opener. I was happy to see that. Um, and yeah, I mean, Atlas Dogs was probably the, you know, maybe the talking point of the set with, with the new arrangement. And I don't, I don't, look, I don't think this stuff is a big controversy. 
I think that I think that we've all talked about before how much we appreciate that they are kind of constantly taking a look at songs. I think Rick's alluded to this in some recent interviews, and so so I'm a big fan of the of the kind of um, it's 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 another kind of, of experimentation. I also prefer the original version, though. You know, I've I've, I've said that I just really like the that main guitar line uh, in the original in the original version. I think it's really cool. And, and like some other people have said, just the, the verses in the chorus, you know, maybe uh, maybe they'll continue to work on this and they'll work some of those kinks out and it'll, and it'll be a little bit, uh, you know, have that similar type of flow as the original. But uh, but yeah, good song. I love that song nonetheless. So happy to see it. Uh, really smooth uh, transition, I thought, from the from the earthing early into the Indian River. And then the Indian River, of course, had a little bit of a slow Atlas Dogs jam. Which was uh, which was pretty cool. Flowdown uh, was 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 a good flowdown. Uh, I have noticed that they're you know they continue to kind of you know go out there a little bit on the intros. Intros, yep. Send them out, you know, jam mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, and I feel like this this was was another example of that. So so good stuff. So ready closer. Yeah, you know, decent first set to kick things off. Yeah, you know, the one thing I'll, I'll say about the set that I didn't say leading in was the the start to Indian river was a little bit different than it typically has been. And it had like a kind of a dub feel to it, which I thought was kind of cool. It was not like a typical Indian river start where it's kind of like that, that reggae feel, but like, I don't know. It just kind of had a little bit of echo in there and it kind of felt pretty dubby. Kev, you got anything for us? I love dub stop. (laughs) (laughs) I would echo a lot of what y'all are already saying. uh, Re Atlas dogs regarding Atlas dogs. Uh, It's a great tune. Uh, It's not just sometimes the, the guitar riff, but also the chorus, you know, I'm still getting used to it myself. I, uh, Jive, I think you uh, uh, ran a poll on the Twitter a couple weeks back uh, asking people their preference in terms of new versus the old. And I got to be honest with you, I, I refrain from voting because I'm, I'm still I'm not I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure because of what you're talking about in terms of experimentation, in terms of them still, you know, trying to feel out the tune. I don't want to say, nah, I don't like it because I don't know where it's headed. And it's, you know, obviously not a finished product yet. Uh, so it's it's hard for me to be like, oh, I like the old one, you know, when they played that a handful of times. I don't know how many times. I'm sure uh, uh, B has a spreadsheet up there. Uh, but we've only, you know, we've only heard this new in- incarnation of, of Atlas Dogs a couple times. So I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and give it some room to breathe, uh, if you will, and, uh, you know, to, to turn into to, to something that it's supposed to be, that the band wants it to be. Uh, the flow down. Uh, I thought, you know, abbreviated the intro. They are still kind of playing around with that. Uh, but they didn't overplay the intro is is what I'd like to play out, uh, point out there. I thought it was a, a perfectly timed song uh, in terms of the, the 11 and a half to 12 minutes that it was. It's like a pretty fun set. And, you know, it was cool for me. I actually walked up to about three, four rows back in the crowd at the show. Uh, there was like just an enormous amount of space and folks were, were so chill. There were a lot of kids there. Vibe was just excellent. And then it kind of turned up for the second set, which for the second set we have, and you know, this is the big one, Wisteria Lane, which was, I have to say, I, I wasn't really checked in at this point because after the, the flowdown so ready, and I've heard so many flowdowns and so readies, I kind of went and got a beer and then like talked to my cousin and started chatting with a bunch of friends and Wisteria started and I was like, oh man, this is outrageous but still was like kind of settling myself in there. So we had a Wisteria Lane, uh, Travelers, Tumble, and then a Yeti that 
Non-Cord, which was Yeti really Luke. cool, into Tomorrow Never Knows and Yeti, which I thought was probably like, you know, they've done the Yeti Tomorrow Never Knows Yeti before. I can't remember when, but really cool use of this, like kind of that spacey period they have between Yeti and Tomorrow Never Knows. So I, I thought that was pretty spectacular. And then like, you know, pretty strong finish with the, the Yeti guitar solo there. I think you guys have a lot of feelings about this Wisteria Lane. In, in the moment, I think I was suffering from like negative attendance bias and I was not super locked in on this Wisteria. So what do you, what do you guys well, think? Neil, let, let, let me jump in. Be, before I, I, I talk about set two, Kev, you know, Kev mentioned a spreadsheet. And so I, I don't want to just... Let it wasn't that, pejorative, you know. No, no, no. But I so I wanted to give you the information that you were, wait, wait. To, which is can that. I guess? So yeah, go ahead. Is it five or six? Uh, so five five OG plays and yeah, two five, yeah. and two new plays. Yeah, five was my guess for the OGs. Real time data, folks. That's what you get on the AAT yep. podcast. I mean, I before we in the Atlas Dogs too. I didn't mean to reserve my judgment as in no conversation about the set, but. Yeah, the Atlas Dogs, I, I felt like it's sort of, um. we just had that interview prior. I mean, Rolling Stone, discussions about these influences for Rick, like indie influences and songwriters. And I felt the the new rework in particular, sort of the the verse is sort of takes a little bit more of a, 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 a an approach that makes me think of indie music. Chorus just sounds off. It's like the combination of the music with the way they're singing it now but how much of that d is influenced but, I don't know. by how much of that is influenced by you being used to the old version versus <clears throat> just hearing the song as is well i mean like you said though like like brian just said we got five versions so we'll talk about another song in a couple nights later on uh, the next weekend actually pardon at legend valley where we went back to the older version of dark horse more or less so like i feel yeah, I feel like there's ways that they, and they they took little pieces. So I'd like to see little pieces come back to the old version, which is what we'll see. So who knows? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to go completely off. I like it. I think there's some elements, but it's just awkward. So hopefully they can use it for the future. But, yeah, yeah, buddy, mean, go for it. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think Born is is might be one of the best examples for me right now. Because of that, evolution. You know, it's yeah, because because born is, isn't a matter of you know one version and another version. I mean, it's really been you know, there's been I mean, I don't know, four or five you know, kind of unique arrangements, some some more subtly different th than others, but and then I feel like the, the one that we'll talk about, I mean, is is more of a concoction of, of a lot of this other stuff. So, so, so that that is very cool. I mean, I mean, it is very cool for to because to, you know. It's funny sometimes we're, we're so caught up in the moment with all these new songs and, you know, who knows, maybe you, know, you look back on, you know, you could probably talk about a lot of dead songs, I think even more so than Fish in this way, where th there might have been three or four of the first years of a song, it, it you know, pass by before it settles in to how it ends up being played for the next decade or or two decades. And, and so, we're, talk, and we're so, talking about eight eight times the song yeah. is played in two different versions. Yeah, so it's funny. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's fun to recognize those differences and see what they're trying to do and and talk about it. But yeah, like you said, Kev, I mean, it's it's not about judgment or this or that. You know, I think I think I think it, it takes a long time for some of this stuff to settle for all the dust to settle, so to speak. But uh, but it's also a good conversation to have. And I and I and I was with that poll, like truly interested. You know, because it did seem like people were were rather divided 
on, you know, either really liking the new version or feeling pretty strong about the old version. So anyway, um, good, good, good stuff. Uh, we'll talk about the born more when we come to it. Uh, but just to quickly kind of, kind of get, get through Essex here. Yeah. Huge wisteria lane. I, I won't go into a, a ton of detail on this other than to say that this is definitely one of the, well, it's one of the three strongest versions. I think my struggle is where does this fit in with DC? Um, and, and initially I think I had it ahead of DC, but on, on more listens and, and it's a good thing Ryan's not here, you know, but I, 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 I might be conceding that, that, that maybe DC does, does kind of, kind of keep a step ahead of this one, but huge jam. I mean, for me, I think that's the easy highlight of the show. Really good travelers. Love that song so much. Tumble, I thought was really strong. I really liked this tumble. And then just a real quick, uh, to add one little piece to, to what you were saying, Neil, I don't know if you mentioned the Yeti loop or not, but Lupin. Uh, you know, I said Lupin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just straight Yeti Lupin into the encore. So not sure that's a non-core to me, uh, because the, you know they walked off stage with the Yeti Loop playing, uh, came back out, and and like you said, Neil, really, really dig and dug again that kind of Yeti Tomorrow Never Knows transition and just kind of how so that felt in real nicely. Yeah. yeah. And then finishing up the Yeti and boom. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I'll- I, I like, I mean, I think the Wisteria, I'd say, I don't need to go far into it. I thought it it might have, it was a little long for me. Like, right, we talk about efficiency. We talk about length. All these items about what makes a jam. And it's, it's all subjective, right? You know, for, for every one of us and myself, you know, very much included. And I, like, can hear a one feel type of a way about hearing a song in the moment live. Like, we watch the streams or hear it. Um right away and then sort of it settles in after a couple more listens and i think i my initial reaction was a little strong a bit of a hasty rank of sorts on this um like you said it's very good though so it's yeah travelers this was also we didn't bring it up yet but uh and ryan would confirm but pretty sure this was the first set of shows with peter using the new moog matriarch so he switched his synths up travelers you could hear it if you want to sort of an example when peter goes into that synth sort of drive um he's not as loud and i think he was sort of feeling it out agreed great tumble though love the song it's been it's it's batting pretty well lately in terms of the last couple years i feel like it's gotten had sort of a rebirth bringing in the slow version too fun encore i liked it good second set solid second set especially for me yeah, for me, that tumble was really good. And I, I like tumble. I think that one sat around 16 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. That That's a hell of a way to go for tumble. Folks at the show seemed to really dig it. Folks, I think, got down the most during that tumble. I think folks were taken aback by the, the wisteria. There was a lot of first-timers definitely at that show, seeing Goose for the first time. That tumble was great. It's a good dance song. It's a fun dance and, uh, uh You know, Traveler's in there, too, like, it just fit the vibe so well. Uh, it's such a great tune. I, I've only heard it a few times uh, out of all the shows I've been to, and I was pretty stoked to hear it in that one. And then, yeah, the, the Yeti Tomorrow Never Knows Yeti, which I already talked about, pretty pretty awesome. So that's a pretty po- uh, good point, I think, to transition to our next show. Everybody all right with that? Yeah, I'm good. We have uh, June 8th, two, uh, 2022, Goose playing Lewis to New York uh, Art Park. Uh, opening up set one, we have The Whales. Uh, followed by uh, a tragically abbreviated Bob Don, 
followed by Time to Flee, uh, ate up all the cake. Uh, Goose uh, members were at Bonnie Vare the night before uh, and apparently did not get this this tune, so decided to play it for themselves. Uh, but I'll take that any day, right? Uh, Rosewood Heart, uh, they've been slaying this song since they've been playing it. Jive One, Jive Lee, rounding out the uh, the first set there. Uh, what do you what do you all think? Set one, six set. Art Park. Oh man, uh, Bob done without. Let's just uh, you know take a moment of silence. Tear. Maybe pour out your drink a little bit. Give me uh, with. Give me with. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if if we can do anything with this podcast, let's use it to influence the fact that like Bob Don has to have the outro. You know, uh, I, I tell you, I, and let me just let me just say, I get a lot of DMs <laughs> from people saying, "Man, Bob Don with," you know, it's such a great little outro jam, you know. Come on, Jive Goose, you know. Give the people and what they want. Give many the people, people what they are want. Saying. Yeah, yeah. Give it to the people, you know? Yeah. Give us the, you know, give us the hot tea encore, you know, or the or the quick opener. Or into the mist finished. Finishing. Yeah, finish the mist, you know? Yeah. yeah. Bob Don with. Bob Don Love with. Love it. That's the new one. Yeah. I thought it was I thought the set was was good. I mean, some will look at the whales and Bob Don, you sort of I think it's easy to forget that the whales is going to be on the new album. So, you know, they want to play it. Um, but it had been a while. What was the, this marked what 15 shows at this time or something? It was a big one. I don't recall, but yeah, it's something, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. I know Neil posted about it. Time to flee into ate up all the cake. You know, you could hear just a beautiful transition. Like you said, like a fun little flea sun, you know, in the sun, Summer uh, set one uh, outside in a beautiful space near Niagara Falls. So that was really nice. And then, yeah, we got some, the meat of the set was that Rosewood for sure. Just they talk about batting average for Tumble. I mean, I think Rosewood is one of the stronger songs of the year at this point. Um, Rosewood just, and Wisteria, man. Yeah, seriously. Super pretty, super pretty version. Uh, I think a lot of nice little segments and themes drive one the lee was super pretty as well got nice and like blissy and sort of spacey which was fun they they touched on sort of a a theme at the end of the lee too that um i keep hearing in other ones but yeah i love the set i loved it personally I'm sure you guys did too yeah time to flee was great it kind of had that that flea of last year feel to it and they kind of like dropped into that that kind of descending chord progression jam thing that they do that reminiscent of mind left body jam, which I love every time that they do it. It never feels like it's like kind of running over the same old ground when they do it. And then, you know, they kind of just dropped off of time to flee and then went into eight up all the cake, which yeah, is yeah. one of my favorite covers that goose does. And this version is, is notable of eight up all the cake uh, because it was, I don't know the the piano was less present in it. I, I think like somebody posted, like somebody from like a band posted the the one of the last times they covered Ate Up All the Cake, and they said they like horns beat the shit out of Ate Up All the Cake, <laughs> and like they did not horns horns beat the shit out of this one. It was it was really it was tastefully done. It, it was really good, and I think Rick spent a lot of time thinking about the guitar solo in that song because it came out just right. And the vocals are always killer, man. Yeah, yeah. So it was very very good. Rosewood Heart, uh, and, and B and I were talking about this before the, the show started, or before the, the recording started here. You know, this is like a, a pretty standard Rosewood Heart. It doesn't go the places that, like, winter 2022 Rosewood Hearts go. And I, I think, you know, Jive has more to say about it than I do. But, there you know, there was really good soloing by Rick. There was really great piano work by Peter. 
awesome. And it, it's okay that it doesn't go the places that earlier Rosewoods did, right? Even an average Rosewood is okay in my book. I'll take yeah. one every show. So yeah. Good. And then Jive Lee, Jive One, great, always great. And then Jive Lee with the, the Bliss Jam that came in it is, is a truly unique Jive Lee. And I, I think if you're looking for something to find in the show that like kind of stands out to, to really check out and, and something that's maybe different, this is the Jive Lee. This is the song here to look for is this Jive Lee. Some really excellent soloing by Rick, some really cool bass lines by, by Trevor. And then, of course, like a very gentle bed of piano by, by Peter. Seriously, man, we're so we're so used to Jive Lee like blistering below the doors off, and that was like Asheville. This. That was not yeah. this. Yeah, was it? Was was Asheville the last one? Yeah, no, yeah. it has to be. It has to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk about a, a contrast too. It's cool, like we say, right? Different spaces, and Lee is one that we talked upon. Twenty twenty had some very unique, uh, different approaches to it. It's good to see it take some different routes and be successful this year for me, like 15 minutes, you know, two versions, I think most recently. So love that. Love it. Great set closer too. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of really good jive leads this year. You're right. Um, and yeah, Wales, Bob Don, and, 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 you know, let me also just say about Bob Don, Bob Don without, I, I still really, really like this song. I mean, it's, it's a uh, great song. Yeah. I was happy to see it for sure. For sure. And yeah, a quick, a quick, you know, I guess, I guess re-emphasis on the, the segue into ate up all the cake. I thought it was great. I keep hearing more and more of Bobby Ver's stuff and I, I don't know. I feel like I should buy an Bobby. album or something at some, at some point. I don't know. Good old Bob uh, top, top, top cover. It's a, it's a top, top cover. Uh, no doubt about it. And, and Rosewood. Yeah. So just real quick, uh, not, not to go too deep on, on what Neil was referring to talking about this Rosewood. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This, this might be the, this could be this is probably a middle of the pack rosewood but what we were talking about is how how enjoyable they still are and how how awesome you know everyone is and kind of drawing a little bit of a uh, of a line i guess against like arrow where i think i think sometimes maybe we've we've talked before about arrow getting into that 20 minute territory quite often but struggling to to really deliver that top top jam to when we're saying, oh, top 10, top 20 jams of the year, we're not finding a lot of arrows in there for uh, as much as I think we would expect to with, with how often it, it gets extended like that. So it's just really interesting to then look at Rosewood and just think, man, you, so you, you might even, ones. yeah, you might even call this an average Rosewood, but it's still so good. And, and by the way, I do prefer this Rosewood from from Art Park over the, I, I guess it was in Wilmington where, where we got the next one. Similar length. Not incredibly different, but but I did prefer prefer this one here. And then uh, and yeah, Jive One, Jive Lee, another great Jive Lee. Yeah, great great set, really good set. I really like this show actually. Any other uh, thoughts on set one as we head into set two? I just want to underscore like what Jive was saying, which is like this set is so well played. This is a really great show, and like I, I don't know if I, I I emphasized that enough when we were talking about this. I love the way this first set played out. It's a really great first set. And I think that's an excellent segue into set two, which played a Madhuvan that made Neil very emotional uh, to open the set. And then Hunger Sight, which is just an excellent track off the Dripfield album that comes out at the end of this week. Uh, into the Mist, fantastic tune. Unfortunately, that one was unfinished. Uh, Your Ocean, which is always a lovely, lovely tune. Uh, butter rum, uh, and then we encored with the uh, the bands. Don't do it. 
What do you got, guys? Love a Eurotian landing pad. Far from my highlight, but... I believe that mist was finished. Finished? Yeah, it's a finished mist. Oh. Oh, maybe I misheard Kevin. Sorry. You did not mishear me. Uh, I will retract the uh, snide comment I made. Because uh... <laughs> this... Didn't, this podcast didn't, has influence. There, there are enough this one, Did this one kick it off, or was there one before it as well? We had another finished mist that came in... Wilmington. No, before this. In, oh, in New Haven? In New Haven, yeah. yeah. New Haven, that's right. Yep, sorry. Yeah. And when we talk about how emotional yes. this, this, I mean, most emotional Madavan for Neil, I mean, going back to <laughs> Westville, Westville, I think. Westville. I'm Westville, actually okay. like, tearing up right now that we're talking about it, but go ahead. <laughs> Hey, I'll go. I'll go real quick here. Sick Madavan. I mean, I think we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about another Madavan, uh, and so I'm gonna reserve my my time You're at mad. the mic for that Madavan. But this one also, I mean, just just crushing it. They're just crushing it right now. They must have heard Neil's comments that the New Haven Madavan was the best Madavan, and like you know that there hadn't been another Madavan that's been very good in such a long time. Now all of a sudden, boom. Two, you could maybe even argue three in a row. Um, embarrassment of riches. You know, yeah. you know, yeah, really delivering. So, so good, good stuff. Uh, hunger site, boom. God, another really good, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Another good hunger site. Really liked this version. Into the mist. Into into. Yeah, and we're finishing these mist boys. That's what we're talking about here. You know what I mean? It's it's just not the same. It's not the same. Let me just say the auto tune. You know, or we'll say vocal effects. Uh, to be more accurate on into the list are money. They're money. I don't, I, I, I don't know what it is where we're going to talk about some of the other stuff, but with mist, it, it just always crushes. So I don't know if it's a setting thing, just set it for mist and, and tape it down, but, uh, <laughs> and then boom, bring it down into your ocean. Nice. And then who doesn't love a butter rum set to Oof. closer? In a jammer. Oh, just kidding. Like jammer. Oh, come on. That one, that one but, was hot. But here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, this is this is the thing that we're dealing with right now. It's like, oh, all of a sudden, butter rum. It's like, you know, it's in the set two song two slot, set two set two closer slot, a lot of pressure, encore slot. But look, they are giving us some 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 really nice little kind of micro, you know, medium length jams out of this that that are pretty pleasant to my ears. So you know, yeah, yeah, hard to argue too much. Although I think when we look at the set, you know, Madavan, Hunger Site, Mist, Ocean, probably would have, if I'm writing this myself, maybe put something else in there. But hey, like I said, I mean they're they're crushing the jams. So, and then a quick uh, a quick don't do it encore, and and yeah, out the door. Those this is that you know, like I said at the at the end of the first, I mean, this is a really strong show. I think I think I might even have this slotted in in like the like the sixth spot. I do have it in the sixth spot for the year. Uh, re- really big fan of the show. Just solid. The setless construction, the jams, the, the the playing in general. Really, really dug it. Ryan was there, so even better. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe the ending would have uh, would have jumped it a little bit more had they finished those last two songs a little better, huh? I'm just trying to you know ask a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, if you're saying, well, what makes it six and not three or two? Yeah, or five or four. Yeah, it is those. But, but that's when you do get into, you know, you have to. single song choices sometimes, you know, or, you know, some jams being just a little bit, uh, you know, a, a little bit better. But, but yeah, I mean, six out of this, however many we've had this year, I mean, that's, that's, I feel like that's, that's fairly high praise. Yeah. Really, really Huge. good show. 
or a drive to encore, you know, like we, that makes it. But yeah, I so, loved this. I loved the first half of this set as well. Um, yeah, the first three songs are all great. Madhavan's just wonderful. Like like these two have said, or uh, everybody has said, uh, yeah, it's just it's successful every time they play it. I mean, it's cool, cool, cool song, pushes them in a different way, very guitar-led. Um, you know, occasionally we'll get the keys, which, but yeah, I thought Hunger Sight, each time a little different. Like you were talking about, we were talking about approaches, right? They, they kind of get into the similar space, but have found different sort of spaces and, and avenues for the jam i feel like which is nice and yeah but yeah what do you Hung- got neil say hunger oh, site. Just, just, real, just just real quick hunger site has quickly become my number two favorite song off driftfield right behind driftfield and i'm really excited to, to to listen to that album when it comes out in its in its fullness this week friday Am I getting uh, that vinyl? Is that vinyl being dropped off on Fridays? Many, many, many people are ex- are expecting it to show Definitely up. Definitely not. 6 a.m. on Friday morning, and I don't know if Santa Drip is going to show up. Uh, Sometimes my mail up here in the mountains, you know, can delayed. be a, a day or two behind. You know, that's the only thing that I'm that I'm leery of. You don't have that uh, that you, you Spotify Vex by Tech. What's Spotify? What? Yeah, what's that? Is it going to be on Nugs, bro? Uh, yeah, all, uh, it's going to be on all streaming platforms. That was yeah. very earnest. I'm really, I know why that would be sweet if they put it on Nugs, but should very, we, very, uh, very should we move into Legend Valley? No, let me, let me, well, I just want to say one thing before, before we go move on from this. This Madavon is the best Madavon of this kind of leg of the tour so far, right? Did we almost move on without letting Neil comment on this Madavon? Yeah. <laughs> Right. I Sorry, think brother. Exactly go ahead, man. Brian go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so, all right. Th- th- there's a very cool thing about this this Madavon in particular, which they start the the outro jam very very early on, um, and I don't know how often they do this. I meant to go back and listen to this before we did the show, but it's right at about the 13 minute mark. You can actually hear Rick like signaling the outro jam, and then they slow down almost completely to a stop. And this is not the first time that they do this on this tour. They kind of do this with Creatures too later at Legend Valley, and then they just drop into this incredibly beautiful mellow jam that kind of picks up where the first jam left off. And then, you know, Peter really crushing the effects on this and man, what a, what an awesome Madavon this is. Uh, Like I I really, like we should talk about this Madavon more. There's another Madavon, which obviously overshadows this Madavon, but this is a great, great Madavon. And then the hunger site that followed, not to believe or fish comparisons, but like there, there is a, there's a shitload of Gata Jabu in there. And, you know, that's, it's all kind of led by Rick's rhythm playing and not saying that like, you know, Goose always sounds like fish, but every once in a while you get like a, a thing that like kind of reminds you of fish. And, and this one did. And, and I thought it was really cool and really kind of tastefully done and a very, very good version of Hunger Sight. And we talked about this before we recorded today too, which is like, how do we differentiate versions of Hunger Sight? Because they're starting to sound a little bit similar. This one sets itself apart. It's it's a pretty cool jam and one that's a kind of worth going back to and listening to. And the butter rum is a good butter rum. It's a theme it a of this one. tour. There's it is. butter rums. Like they 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 absolutely are fire. And I don't necessarily love the song, but I, I love the jams. And it's it's a great spot for it at the end of set two. Like there's maybe like a half dozen other songs I'd rather hear in that spot, but I love the jam. 
And then the other notable thing about Don't Do It was uh, the dry fake out, which I thought was like kind of hilarious. And I meant to go back and, and watch the video for this. They fucking got me, man. The, the pick slide thing? Yeah. Because like the, the drum beat leading into this, right? Like it, it definitely sounds like drive. Um, and I think we all were like talking about it in group chat, like like, oh, this is gonna be drive. And then Rick did the like pick slide thing, whatever it is that he does to make that sound. And probably like everybody there thought it was gonna be drive, and then it was don't do it. And when we're talking about covers that, that Goose does, this is also one of their their better covers. They played the hell out of it in twenty twenty one. And it was also awesome here. Killer Encore. Play it all the time. I think an excellent segue uh, from a shitload of Gata uh, Jabu is to toss it over to B right now for Legend Valley Night One. Oh, thank you. Thank you. One last word on, on Hunger Sight. Um, you know, I, I actually do. And, I, and look, I told Neil this earlier. I, I do believe that the Philly, the Philly Night Two Hunger Sight is probably in my opinion, head and shoulders above um, any of the other versions that they've played. But let's move on to Thornville, Ohio, Legend Valley. Throwing Philly. <laughs> Night one. There you go. And so, yeah. So, yeah, this set one. What about this set one? I mean, California Magic opener. Love it. Absolutely loved seeing Cali Magic. And I'm not sure if I even like calling it that, actually. Love seeing it open the show. I think I think it really fits well in that spot. I mean, they they can really they really turn it up on this, you know, and and I think it's a really great jam to kick the night off. Kind of easy going and flowy, but also a bit of a bit of a ripping jam. So yeah, I feel like that's that's a that's a perfect opener for me. And then we got the butterflies, which I got to be honest, I was having a conversation with someone, uh, my buddy Diesel Johnny, and I was saying that. I wasn't so sure that we were going to see these new great blue songs immediately moving into the goose catalog. And I kind of felt like, Oh, they're writing these new songs. And so they're touring, you know, they're kind of doing their own thing a little bit right now. So I was actually a little bit surprised to see this, to be honest, but it is a cool little song and a really nice, really short, but a really nice kind of, I don't know, ambient or almost Ted, Ted tapesy type jam at the end. So it's only a matter of time until we see we see this go big for sure. Big Mississippi Half Step, probably the best version of this song they've played. I went back and listened to the Perry version from last year, and I kind of feel like this one crushes it a little bit. So really strong version. I think in the moment, I, you know, I, I, it was off the charts. And, and on re-listen, it's, it's still really good. Maybe not a top, top jam of the year type candidate for me, but but really awesome version. L- l- love Love how they do that song. Love that they're kind of unique little ending to it. Uh, always happy to see it. We got the old man's boat. Uh, pretty pretty solid version. Everything that I think we we would expect from that song and kind of kind of ask with with the nice twenty twenty one jam. And then boom into creatures. Huge huge creatures. You know a really kind of shredding jam coming out of the standard parts. Uh, and then into just a really beautiful jam that just built nice and slowly came to uh, an awesome peak and yeah this is a top 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 creatures i'm still kind of still I've, I've still got it right up there with frederick uh 5421 i'm not mm-hmm. ready to give it to, to to put it ahead to give it the crown to call it the goat but this was so good. It was so so good. And in the moment, it was it was it was just extra special. Just a beautiful, beautiful jam. And then we got the debut of 
Turbulence in the Night Race, the old Vasudo song. We had gotten some inside info uh, from some sound checks earlier in the week. And so it was kind of ready for this to come out. And, you know, the only the only interesting thing about this that I would add uh, for me, really cool song. Great turban. And yeah. And if you didn't know that it was a Vasudo Vasudo cover, you might have thought that it was like a Destiny Unbound mashup with with something else. I don't know. I I called it Destiny Unbound and the Night Rays that that night. But uh, I, I actually had never heard this song. I had searched around when we heard this, when we heard that it was sound checked, uh, we didn't have any audio from that, but I, I started looking around and there's not a lot of Vasudo recordings out there anymore. And so I couldn't actually find any audio of this song. But the interesting thing I did find was that on, on Jeb's SoundCloud page, which I've, fo- I've kind of followed for some time and I'll check in on every now and then, it hasn't been updated for a while. Uh, I think that's where I've seen Jeb referred to himself as drummer in a band called Turbulence in the Night Rays. So I, you know, I don't know. That's all I've seen. Uh, I never saw that band. Uh, so firsthand. So I don't know if that's true. I don't know what it is, but you know, I believe what Jeb says. I always believe what Jeb says. And, and so if his SoundCloud page says that he was drummer in a band called Turbulence in the Night Rays, Hey, I think that we take his word on yeah, that band predated Vasudo. Straight jam. and somehow influenced uh, Vasudo's songwriting smiths into, you know, putting together this, this great this great song, and uh, so yeah, good stuff, good stuff. What do you guys got? Makes sense why he's in the band now. It was all a play, the long game. The long game, as as Nate as <laughs> as Neil's brother likes to say, the long game. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Nate likes the wow. long game. Yeah, um, yeah. So Neil and I were at this show, great venue. I can't stress enough. I'm sure it'll continue to get spoken about. Anyone who can visit Legend Valley for what seems to be now a regular thing um, in the summer, it's just perfect way to kick off the summer. Beautiful venue, beautiful people, great sound, great stage, uh, light setup. You know, Forgetti is nice, camping on site, access to Columbus. But yeah, can't stress it enough. And D, real, real quick before you get into, into all the songs there, can you sort of talk about, because uh, we hang out and like talk on Twitter with all these people that you all hung out with. Yeah. Like, who, who all was there, man? Jesus. Uh, um, Jesus was uh, there? Yeah, Jesus was there. Um, he was. Uh, I mean, we got every, Noah and his crew from Louisville, uh, Tavis, Colleen, they're, they're cool kids. Um, their children were there, and that was fun. Um, saw Garrett uh, from from Twitter. We saw um, Neil. Obviously, was a, the best find. Uh, I went down there with good friends uh, Becca and Brendan. Shout out to them. Six twelve twenty twenty one special date for them. So it was cool to see a show a couple days later. We did that whole run. Um, Father Bill. I mean, I can't. There's too many people, Kevin. It was. Neil will probably tell you I spoke to more people than I remember. He did tell us that. Can I? Can I? But oh, on yeah. that on on that note, can I ask you about one more thing that uh, you did while you were there? The hot tea table. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, hell yeah, yeah, very oh, cool. Yeah. Not trying to. Um, so just a fun. Uh, not trying to promote anything, but promote boost. it. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, not supposed to. So, yeah, really cool for the community. Uh, the hot tea party, which is a group of fans that choose to 
attend the shows um, sober. So it offers a safe space for that um, anyone, you know, that is involved in the Yellow Balloon community. And then also, uh, you know, just people passing by. So was, this is the first tour um, without getting too, too much into it. You, you'll see the banner at tables and come say hi. Um, some great people there around the country. So it's really nice that the band has taken, you know, an interest actively in being able to promote a safe space like this. Um, I think, you know, ties into the Groove Safe conversation that the band has promoted. Um, people trying to, you know, Peter saying, take care of each other, be safe out there. I think that can't be stressed how important that is, you know, with the, I think the that's reality everything. we live in. The that's everything before in. the music, man. That's everything before the music. Yeah. Take care of each yeah. other. Really cool space. But yeah, the, the, the music itself, unreal. I mean, the ghost sort of, I don't want to take up too much, but California Magic, we get three of, you know, we get new songs right out the boat. Four of the six songs were originals in some sense, obviously from the band members, be it different projects, and then a cover, and then, you know, an older track. So in terms of the construction, sort of unique, but like B said, great opener. I love California Magic. Sort of divided opinion a little bit, but... I felt it settled in really well and sort of for a set of two shows sort of let people sort of come down and the space itself, people are allowed to sort of camp and then they just walk into the venue. It's really sort of surreal. Um, Butterflies, brand new. We sort of picked up the name quickly, but I like the sound a lot. I think it's going to offer a lot, sort of love Peter to sort of step up. Half Step was great. Definitely one of the jams of this leg so far. Sort of, um, yeah, offered a, offered some really cool different sounds and sort of got that's I think when they first busted out the LEDs that I saw too which I hadn't seen yet so old man's boat a little typical it's kind of I feel like it's suffered a little bit in its recent place not to take away too much from its history it's had some great jams sort of stagnating a little bit but then um, yeah you could hear the creatures kind of coming out of it and man what a version a lot of vintage vibe from Peter, which I always, I know Ryan, he's not here, but he would shout it. Good vintage vibe. And then, yeah, they find a great Bliss Jam and a fun new song to close. Top set for me. I was, it settled in, but it felt really good in the moment as well. Neil? Yeah, I mean, you know, just to speak to the venue and, and the people and, and everything like that for a minute. We, we stayed at a tiny house kind of behind the stage that we were lucky enough to book ahead of time. Uh, and Stephen Laura Trickle, who own the place, are just... his name is Trickle. <laughs> uh, Stephen Laura Trickle, yeah, that's their name. Uh, they're just I'm laughing. I'm laughing in light of your earlier story. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is kind of funny. Uh, they're just like phenomenal people. They're they're so amazing and so much fun to talk to. We talked to Laura like a ton. You know, she kind of stopped by and, and told us stories about the venue and you know how they came to be at that place and how uh, long have they owned it, Neil? Uh, I, I don't know how long she said she's been on there since she was like a teenager, basically. Oh, um, wow. So and uh, like that might predate their actual marriage. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's hard to gauge like how old she is. She looks incredibly young, but she says she has a daughter who's 30. So, I mean, she must be older than I think she is, but no, I mean, they had some really cool stories about the, the venue and the place and, and the things that they have there. I know her husband saw the dead there in the late eighties and then was inspired to buy the place and, yeah, just like really like amazing folks. And I, I, I think like their positive energy kind of like spills out into the venue itself. And it's just everywhere. Yeah, the uh, staff. Who, who staff works in that place great. is super yeah. cool. And 
man, I, I, I can't remember the last time I had as much fun in a venue as I had in that venue, just being around and talking to people. You know, some folks, I think you pretty much covered just about everybody. Nick Arginus was there and like, he's a great dude. Got to hey, meet him. Chris uh, Captain Incredible was there. Captain uh, Incredible. And he's a great dude. Glad I got to meet him. Brendan and Becca, obviously. Noah was there with Tavis and Colleen and their kids. They're, they were like really awesome folks to meet. Uh, Mike and Jess were there, and I'm always like really stoked to see Mike and Jess Dubois. Bruce shouted at me from a car window, so I know he was there. As Bruce he was, was driving there, by, right? he shouted Gong Gang at me <laughs> when I was like grilling uh, out in front of our place. So um, I can't say enough about the venue. It's an incredible place with incredible people, incredible staff. Everyone should go there. And I, I think all of that stuff fosters really amazing music in this place because everybody who's there feels that vibe. And, and the music of the show, this show in particular, was incredible. California Magic was a really awesome opener. There was a little extra in Rick soloing in this California Magic. And, you know, I don't know if it like sets it apart from other California Magics, but this one was great. Um, Butterflies is an amazing song. So this is the second time I've heard it played. First time Goose played it. Peter played this as part of Great Blue in Providence. And then he kind of explained the story behind the song. And it, it's really, it's a beautiful song. And if you listen to the words, like with the context of the story behind it, it's even more beautiful. So it's a story about how Peter met his girlfriend, Becky, at Suwanee last year. And so that adds a little extra context and makes the song even cooler. But I knew um, it was about Becky. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. And the, the song itself is I have a feeling it has potential to be a very, very great song. You know, the, the Neil, guitar... did he did he tell that story at a Great Blue show? Yeah, he did. He did. He okay. told it at the Great Blue show in Providence. Gotcha. So, um, and like, if you want to hear the recording, I think he told that at Providence. Maybe I heard it elsewhere, but I have a recording up on El Goose where I, I stream that show directly to El Goose. So I'm pretty sure that's in there. But the the guitar riff that like kind of becomes part of the jam it has like this kind of droning feel and then it kind of gets like the the reverse delay kind of stuff underneath it this song i think has potential to be a, a an amazing jam someday and you know time will tell because there's two like actual goose versions out there now that don't really go far i think that caps out at like seven and a half eight minutes but this song i think has potential to be great and you know there's only so many peter songs that can go far but peter in terms of songwriting, has been absolutely killing it this year. This is another really great song. This butterfly is very different than the next butterflies too, which we'll kind of talk about later. But I, I love this song, and I can't say enough about it. Beautiful song, beautiful story. Uh, glad they they played this in the spot that they played it. The half step that they played, wow, it was so good. And I, I was like typing into to chat at the time where it was like, I, I this is like one of the best things I think I've ever seen. I'm backing off on that a little bit. But I still think it was it was absolutely incredible. You know, Jerry would be proud, right? Uh, it sounds nothing like the Grateful Dead, and that's what makes it great. But he you wouldn't know, be proud. Um, well, I sure hope he'd be, be confused. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> confused because this particular version is 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 so like not the Grateful Dead, right? I, I think there's more like dead like versions of this tune, especially like right at about the nine minute mark. Like Rick drops this really sludgy lead tone, and like Peter has like synth loops going like pockets of vintage vibe and nothing about that sounds like the grateful dead right jerry wouldn't like that yeah well i mean maybe he would you never know <laughs> um but then like rick kind of switches off to a cleaner tone at one point and that's where like the whole direction of the the jam changes 
there, Rick does this kind of staccato picking thing, and then Peter switches to the the vibraphone patch on the Nord, and then that's where Trevor comes in from under with a, this like incredibly like crazy driving baseline, and they all kind of pick up, and then it gets this very like Eminence Front kind of vibe to it, and I, it's one of those moments in, in like a live show where it all sounds like one instrument, and, and this was it. It just they were all kind of perfectly locked in together and I, I I just love the hell out of this jam. And, and this is like kind of an example of, of Goose doing this thing where it's just it's very percussive jamming. There's no, you know, lead guitar flourishing or anything like that. It's just like it sounds like a drum. Like it's just like everybody is just kind of in this rhythm together and absolutely beautiful. And like that's not even the best part of the set. Like that's the crazy part. It's so good. And then Old Man's Boat was really good. There's not much more that can be said about both that we haven't said already. And then the creatures was amazing. I, you know, it's funny that the, the thing about this creatures, and I was alluding to this earlier, where it kind of almost sounded like the song reached its natural end, and then a jam yeah, they went out of nowhere. Like, yeah. So Peter did this like tiny little lick on the piano, and that tiny little lick was like a seed that grew into this amazing jam. And there are like so many different things. I've got timestamps on all of it, but I, like I've been talking for way too long, so I don't want to go crazy. But I mean, go listen to that jam. It is an incredible jam. It is pure improvisational beauty. It starts with, I, I think, a three or four note lick that Peter does on the piano and grows into this amazing thing with like amazing drums and amazing guitar soloing. I, yeah, just go listen to it, please. I, I, I implore you, go listen to it. And then, you know, to close off the set, Turbulence and the Night Rays, you know, B already kind of talked about this a little bit, about the, the fishiness of this tune. And, you know, there's also the Billy Joel-ness of this yeah, tune. Yeah, a lot of people talk about the Billy Joel. Definitely the Billy yeah, Joel. There's yeah, there's a lot of yeah. Billy Joel in there. And to pause on that, Rick talked about this, I think, in that interview right before Legend Valley, where he kind of said, like, early on in my career, I wore, like, these influences on my sleeve and he was like talking about like you know go listen to tumble like you're going to hear a lot of fish if you listen to turbulence in the night race you're going to hear a lot of fish like a lot of fish and you know obviously the the billy joel part you know as b said there's there's a hell of a lot of dust destiny unbound in there there's like a lot of people hear gumbo in the verse chorus part and then the jam that leads out of it i i think this song has potential also to be like a really really incredible song there's a, a ton of squirming coil in the jam that comes out of this, as well as a very nice peak that is very fishy. And like, I'm not going to assign a fish song to it, but this song is so good. It's and it also has the descending, the, the, the natural kind of descending line built into it that where it could also go into mind left body territory real easily. Yeah. So, so there you go. I, I talked for a really long time, um, but I love this tune. I think it has incredible potential, like in many slots and sets especially as closers with the big peaks that are kind of natural in the way the tune progresses. But I, uh, I yield my time. I think I just talked for 10 minutes straight. Well, no, that was a, uh, that was a good set for everybody. I think to, 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 I think share some, some, some extra thoughts on. So, uh, and so, yeah. And then set two, I mean, there's a lot more to talk about still. So just monster, monster, all I need coming out to open the set and just, I mean, it's 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 probably going to be the goat version uh, that, and maybe that's easier than than I'd like to to say, just because I've always been such a, I've always held Wilkes Berry from ten twenty five nineteen so closely to my heart, but I think I have to let that go. This 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 one was was just an absolute just crusher. 
really, really, yeah, really big, dark vibes to it too. Probably didn't have the, you know, definitely didn't have the efficiency that, you know, San Fran Wisteria has, but touched in some of those same areas, explored on some of those areas a little bit longer, and then moved into, uh, I mean, first jam, I, I think after the first jam, we were, we were all kind of like, holy shit. I mean, that was pretty epic. If we get a second jam here, I mean, you know, the, 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 then it's just automatic. It's automatic at that point, right? And the, and the second jam was good. Um, the first jam is really where the magic is at. Second jam was good. We've talked about this a little bit on the side too, that yeah, you hear them and maybe even more so in retrospect, but you definitely hear those uh, nights in white satin vibes kind of coming in kind of midway through that second jam. And then of course we ended up in nights in white satin. We got a red bird, which, uh, you know, I, th- I think, I think a couple of the red birds, I mean, they've just been crushing red bird. It's, it's, it's such a great song and you know, we, we all love it so much, you know, we're, we're all, we're straight burden every day. There, there's been a ton of really, really top, top quality jams coming out of these red birds. You know, that said, I think the two red birds kind of like Rosewood, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, I'll take any red bird. You know what I mean? Every red bird jam is pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, the two that we got in this leg, well, I, you didn't really kind of approach the, you know, the upper echelon of some of the versions that we've heard. And in fact, I think the next one that we get is quite a bit shorter even. But, uh, but yeah, nice Redbird come out of that. And then we get the, the OG uh, Dark Horse coming in, which, which was really cool to see. You know, now, now that I've got a 2022 version to look at and stack up against, you know, Minneapolis and, and, and the other versions that they did that was similar yeah, I really do just like this this arrangement. I, I think it suits the song really well. I mean, it's a uh, this is an you know there's some emotive lyrics here. It's a special song, and and I think that that this arrangement really plays to that the best for my ears at least. So, um, and then into the dragonfly and uh, jive two encore. Yeah, you can't beat that. Love it. There and it this is. is going to go down. Hey, and just. Just real quick before I pass it off, uh, and then I'll be done with uh, with with Thornville Night One. I know there's been a lot of chatter, and there was a lot of chatter right away of, you know, best show of the year, you know, maybe best show ever, and all this stuff. And I'll just make one quick comment that I personally I still have Philly Night Two ahead of Legend Valley Night One, but this is in that two spot for me. I mean, really, really, really big show with some really big good jams. I mean, just a just a top top show, and I know everybody there was then you know, you add the vibe factor onto that. And, and I can see why, and I think it's a fair opinion that, that, that anyone might call this the best show. So yeah, there's some vibe. I think there's some attendance bias vibe. Neil can attest just how it feels. There's some, some elements I thought before I go into thoughts that didn't get captured as well. And like I said, without uh, clouding my perspective, like I used to, when I go to shows, I sort of like to feel that I can sort of capture the, the the quality of the playing and sort of some of the jams. I mean, all I need is unreal, but yeah, it, it, I think like Neil said, you talked about the half step, some elements of the, all I need, I feel like actually weren't captured very well in the recording. Um, like the sort of bass drops from Trevor as they sort of spiral out into that chaos where Rick got onto his knees on his pedals and Peter really drove the synth out. That was an experience where it, what the soundboard captured didn't really get sort of the the, the, the base and the, the effect of what Trevor was doing. So I don't know if you felt maybe the same, you know, set was unreal. I don't really have 
I don't want to talk <laughs> yeah. about too much time. I mean, just yeah. I mean, but... this set was incredible. I, I think um, this all I needed was an indication of um, like another indication of just how Trevor was like kind of driving some of these darker jams. Yeah. Trevor would it, it, like introduce like these these bass lines that are I, I don't know for lack of a better term like dissonant, and the rest of the band would pick up on it. Like it, this happened like in in this song, it, like it, in all I need so so well and, you know they kind of did the, like this dissonant kind of like you're you're kind of going through a labyrinth and you can't get out kind of thing and then trevor at about the 8 30 mark and that all i need kind of drops this like really crazy dark bass line and like he just won't let it go like the band kind of moves in a different direction and then trevor goes right back to this this bass line and kind of pulled the rest of the the band in till kind of finally they let him do his thing and then he did that the the you know bass bombs there's no other way to say it they were insane there was so much patience in the band to kind of let the jam develop on this and this this is this is a great this is an all-timer uh you know kind of like jive was saying this is one of the the better jams i've ever heard them do and it it kind of all centered around i think trevor's bass playing which is a thing i don't think we say a lot uh, and here it was pretty pretty evident, at least to me, in that, that first jam. And, and that's where the meat of this whole All I Need is. is, is I think we say jam. it in the chat a lot, but we don't say it on the pod enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Trevor he's was driving it. Like, up. He you, was you'll see up. it again, like later in Madavon and, and Raleigh, where like Trevor's bass playing really drives this darker stuff. And I, I love that he's doing that. Well, also... That this is a good example too. I think I agree, Neil. This show in particular, I felt Trevor sort of excelled a lot more, and it took off through the rest of the weekend. Um, in Indy, we heard it. I mean, I thought, like you said, Wilmington, a little bit Raleigh though with the Madavan. But yeah, the All I Need also really um, portray uh, exhibited Peter's new synth, um, <clears throat> really sort of spiraling out those those uh, effects that he has and. Um, I know that it's got uh, this Moog has sort of like a semi-modulator on it with very different sort of patches. So he can kind of go in and they, he like spins off a lot of sounds and sort of like echoing effects. And like you said, combined with Trevor's playing, Ben and Jeff just willing to sort of drive and descend on the toms. It's sort of that wisteria jam style descending toms. And just like, it just makes you feel like you're getting sucked into a, like a, a tube literally. And I, I mean, whatever. Yeah. All I need. And then yeah, nights, nights showed up really sort of naturally, but maybe they, they hung on that jam a little longer as you, as I hear it again now, after you pointed it out, Neil, it really is just a six minute extended nights jam. Yeah. Is, is it just real quick? Is it Moog or Mo- Moog? I thought it was a Moog matriarch, but Moog. you might be right. Yeah, see, Moog. this is where like we need Ryan. Uh, I thought yeah. I thought it, I thought it was Moog. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm from the Moog camp too, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Well, well, next episode we'll have Ryan correct all the, the dumb shit that we said. <laughs> so yeah. play play music. Just a couple quick comments on the set too here. Uh, the all I need, I think, was a really great like dark churning foreshadowing for the Madhuvan that came a couple nights later. I, I think everything that's been pointed out in terms of the transition from the All I Need into the Knights in White Satin, where they kind of eased into that jam towards the end of the All I Need is spot on. Redbird, I, I commented on this today. 
the Jeff uh, chorus slash harmony part uh, was especially turned up in the soundboard, which I appreciated actually hearing that. Uh, Spirit of the Dark Horse, welcome, welcome back. Uh, Dragonfly, it's awesome to hear that off the TED tapes uh, live and just Jive 2, I'll take it anytime, man. Jive 2 is the silver rising of Jives. <laughs> yeah, and the Dragonfly too. I mean, be mentioned, I did. I do joke a lot. Neil, it was hilarious in the moment, I think. He's <laughs> like writing to our group being like, oh my God, I'm going to let him say it because we have... <laughs> There's a there's yeah. a delay so like, on the screen by like a minute vibes. by like a minute and uh, the vibes yeah, are not quite, just vibes. No, it was quite <laughs> shocking to hear it. I mean, it, that sort of night I think captured a last thing I'll say similar to what I got last year night two when they did the you know Elmig Madovan Moby Madovan um, and just sort of collectively people were all sort of in that space together, which is really cool when the band is creating music. And everybody is very present, which isn't always a given, I think, in when we see music nowadays. It's a little better outside in the summer, harder inside in small venues. Obviously, they're growing. So we'll see what it's like in New York. I don't know. It could be a contrast, but that's my last piece about it. Yeah, yeah. So I got a couple more things to say, even though I've said a ton about the show already. All I need, amazing. Um, You know, uh, Nights in White Satin, you know, we can say things about like they're kind of like old classic rock covers. I love it. Yeah, man, this was good. This was really good. I'm glad that you said that. So I'm 100% with you. This Nights in White Satin was perfect. It was like a six minute lead in jam. Basically, most of the second jam that gets assigned to All, in, All I Need is actually like a. a Rick's a, playing it. Yeah, it, 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 and, and so is Peter for sure. Like he's playing that like kind of two chord riff uh, on the organ, I believe. D already alluded to this that the, that that six minute lead in jam to Nights in White Satin is is what it is. But like we talk about cool down songs all the time in a set. If you're gonna play like a twenty plus minute All I Need, like you need to kind of come down from that a little bit before you move on to Redbird. And this was perfect. And the song itself is like pretty cheesy, but when they play it, it has like this really cool psychedelic vibe to it. I, I think it was the right song for the moment, and I'm glad they played it. My brother kind of turned to me like while they were playing this song and uh rick like absolutely crushed the guitar solo and this is so good my brother turned to me and he said uh i don't really enjoy this song but i loved watching rick get a perfect score on guitar hero (laughs) 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 which was like perfect for the moment because it was it was great and uh yeah that was spectacular redbird was awesome i got to do redbird with some amazing people becca brendan d uh, so I was like really grateful for that. And then, you know, of course, Redbird ends with Peter doing the still DRE riff on the piano. And like, I thought this was one of the more comical it moments of the show because like this whole set felt very serious and like very like kind of in a lane. And Peter was playing still Dre on the piano and like they just straight up walked away from it. They were like, no way, Peter. Like, you know, there's like kind of like this comical like part where, uh, where Trevor kind of like hits like one note on the bass and then like the rest of the band drops off. So I thought that one was pretty funny. And then yes, OG Dr- Dark Horse, like amazing. Dragonfly, amazing. I I can't believe they had the energy to play any kind of encore with any speed to it after that. That song gets so fast. It's outrageous. Yeah, uh, they did tempo, hit the fast it, one. It, yeah. It's so insane. And, uh, you know, Jive 2 Encore, holy shit, man. Like... 
doesn't really get better than that. Uh, you even get a Peter yeah at the end of it, where Peter was also, I think, in agreement with me, like, like fuck yeah, amazing. So that's that's all I have for Legend Valley Night One. Incredible show. It was one of my favorite shows I've seen of theirs, for yeah. sure. Seen some good ones this year. D, you're up, man. LV2. LV2. All right. So the next night, um, we had June 11th, 2022. Uh, once again, Legend Valley in Thornville. Started out set one with Elizabeth. We had Born Into Dr. Darkness, Drive, Silver Rising, and Arrow. Yeah, Elizabeth opener felt right. Um, sort of, I, I definitely picked this song. We'll talk about some Fantasy Goose later per... Uh, our um, valiant leaders over here that won't we won't let them gloat too much. So I'll lead it in. Um, so I've, Elizabeth felt right, fitting opener as well. I think it's it's cool. Didn't really do too much, you know. Kind of hovered around the ten minute mark. Let Rick sort of rip a bit. Born, which uh, like Brian alluded to earlier, is sort of was an example of kind of uh, we didn't have the super slow dramatic synth build, and and rather kind of abruptly almost went into sort of they hit the 2021 jam out of it um piece of it and then kind of got a little pretty on the end so they sort of like you said you know took little pieces and compartmentalized and combined all these sort of like we talked about sort of these different versions and approaches so it's cool to see them feeling it out felt a little bit like uh two separate parts almost if you may in the moment so that was a little unique um but then had the return to um, good version though born it was my first one actually too so that was fun um into dr darkness we got much more of a dramatic long drawn out and actually funny enough i i didn't mention we saw like aj and her husband, uh, partner eric so they were there and uh, husband eric and so she mentioned she thought that dr darkness almost was like the, the half, the latter half of Born almost had sort of a an ambient drawn out. You had a sort of a little like Calypso m- period in the middle, Middle Eastern sort of jam. And then it got sort of weird at Born. So that was good. Um, drive for me, pretty straightforward. Um, to, you know, pretty standard, I will say. It was kind of a quieter jam too. I thought Rick and Peter sort of just spoke to each other, but didn't really, the jam didn't do too much. Silver Rising, I think Kevin said it best. I mean, Silver Rising is just good. I don't got much more to say about it. I like it. It's very pretty. Rick likes playing it a lot. And then Fun Arrow. Fun Arrow to close. Could see it coming as well. Uh, Drive and Arrow together in the set felt a little, took up a lot for me. And two songs that kind of take a while to get there. So it was interesting to see them do that and then do it again a couple nights later. But uh, last half of Arrow was super cool and unique. Um, had some sort of, I think Brian even B even said a late 2019, 2020 feel sort of drive feel in the arrow. So that was fun. But yeah, what else do you guys think? I liked it. It was, it wasn't as good as the first night for me set one, but it was still good. Yeah, man. Uh, this show was also an incredibly fun time. Uh, this first set didn't hit me nearly as hard as first set first night. Uh, I enjoyed Elizabeth. It was pretty good. Oren was also you know, like pretty good. I like the drive. I, I, I think it was not a typical drive. It was short, but it kind of had like a weird little pep to it. We were talking about this before the show and it kind of felt more like a butter rum jam than like a drive jam. 
Um, to me i I don't know that's probably wrong um but that's the way it felt for me and of course like silver rising is always amazing to see i think it was like really cool in that moment too i i enjoyed that quite a bit and then that arrow i didn't like that arrow as much as other people standing around me like that arrow uh but you know it it was good It, it got to a spot where like it was a pretty good dancer. There was nothing outrageous, like improv wise, but it was still like a heater of a version. Yeah. Rick was on point, really sharp guitar playing by him actually throughout the whole entire set and actually the whole entire weekend at legend Valley. So yeah, it was, it was a pretty good first set, not where other first sets or the last first set took us at all, but still very, very good. And I know folks are really high in this arrow. I have a thing with arrows right now where I can't like super get into arrows and like, that's a me thing. Uh, but, I'm in your uh, camp too. Yeah, yeah no, not just you, know, you man. B and I were, were talking about earlier where it's just arrow sometimes doesn't really grab me. And uh, this one though, probably will, I just got to give it a chance and I got to listen to it more. But in the moment uh, I wasn't super high on it. Well, I think the song stagnated a little bit. Like we saw some good versions in, um, you know, I think back to uh, uh, 2020 um, South Farms, right? Um, the, the the Halloween shows that were postponed, like that version is great. It sort of is sort of yeah, just stagnated for me. It's lost lack of ideas, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you guys have some thoughts. Well, it started, I think, to become a song that uh, routinely ate up, you know, 20, 25 minutes that always like any of these arrows would have, you know, five to seven minutes of interesting things going on, but would sometimes take, you know, 15 to 18 minutes to build up to that. Yeah. Uh, which again is fine. Like these are breeding grounds for creativity. These are breeding grounds for new songs. These are breeding grounds for, you know, all these different things that happen in the moment. Like, Hey, you know, it didn't necessarily hit at the time, but it, you know, it plants a seed that grows into something down the road. That's what this is all about. And that's why we talk about this stuff. Yeah. My only thing is that my only thoughts I want to add, I think to this set and we can move on is um, just like I mentioned her with the born. So yeah, I, I like the, I like the guitar, the, the Rick guitar intro. I think I prefer that over to kind of drum intro that we've heard. Yep. And then I felt that this, you know, we didn't get the full on slow build that we saw like in Seattle. And I think one of the other earlier versions, but this was kind of another spin on that same kind of slow build feel. And I really liked it. So, so I kind of feel like they hit on some of the, some of the pieces that I like the most, the nice jam out of it. I didn't feel like this was as much a 2001 jam as, as the last few versions we've seen. I thought this was a little bit more subdued and, and uh, perhaps just more of its own unique uh, jam than those. What about just the intro piece, kind of the way they like take off on it, kind of the keys, like it's sort of bouncy. Do you feel that piece or is that just typical for the jam now? I'm just curious. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's just it's typical that it feels like a separate piece popping in. Okay, yeah, that little release maybe. Yeah, yeah I kind of feel like it's always been like that. Just like with Old Man's Boat and the 2021 jam, just almost feeling like a, you know, the song ends and then yes, a separate but connected jam begins. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, so it always feels like that for me. And then the uh yeah, the drive. I thought this was 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 a, a little bit of a unique jam in this drive. Short version, nice, liked it. Silver Rising, love it. Arrow, not much more to add to to what you guys mentioned. I mean, I kind of 
like I mentioned earlier, I mean, the, this a lot of this arrow feels like a 2019-2020 drive jam to me. The last few minutes, you know, moves out of that space into something a little bit more modern in terms of kind of what they do. But, but yeah, like we talked about earlier, just kind of another arrow where, you know, it's 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 a good jam. It's real dancey. I think in the moment, it's 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 fun, and 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 for for the folks in attendance who this is generally all for, you know, it's a it's a great fun jam. Re-listenability wise, it's it's just that these arrow jams just tend to be a little bit lower for me. That's all. So yeah, we can roll into set two D. All right. Perfect. Love it. So set two got a new song, Animal. Um, Animal. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Animal, monkeys. Um, yep. Fitting fit, fitting for their print. So now after the fact. So Animal, A Western Sun, and Dripfield. I think they call that a three-song set. Timing-wise, that's another discussion. So we'll go there. Then... To finish it off, though, we have a Golden Glizzy Awards, which caught its own track to tell you how long it took, which we have opinions on that. So uh, anyways, and then Rockdale. Yeah, Animal, new song, super cool. We uh, think we're privy to a little nugget of this song, little clip um, from Soundcheck when, when our, our, our colleague Ryan was at our park. Um, so that was cool. Yeah, I mean, I thought that it was good. It was a great song. Sort of had some uh, funky sort of feel to it, and uh, nice driving sort of, you know, drums and Rick. Um, so almost had a little Earthling feel to me. Jam was fun, kind of an interplay. First time playing it, I felt it lost a little pace at times, kind of just like they were feeling and vibing off of the crowd rather than the song. Kind of got to a point around the end, and I felt it you know, sort of kept going. So with that said, can't wait to hear how Bonnaroo sounded. We still haven't heard that. So, you know, can't wait to hear it. It's a second version. So that'll be fun. A Western Sun, always pretty. I mean, yeah, 20 minutes as well, pretty much. All these three tracks were 20 plus. Western Sun, a little less. Great version, beautiful song, fit really well. Um, personally, I thought the jam, you know, it, it didn't quite, Get maybe my expectation of recent songs, but that's not to say take anything away from it. How I felt, Rick was really pretty, very subdued, um, and sort of built to a wonderful, wonderful, nice peak before they hit us with the drip field in the rain. Yeah, man, super fun. Western Sun too. I think I haven't mentioned it yet, but I'll mention it, especially about the Raleigh Drive, actually. But um, Rick exhibited a lot more of like a pocket presence and sort of his soloing styles. I feel like this year have actually kind of changed a bit to, and it sound better to my ears. He's, he's a little bit more reserved. Um, his volume is actually down. It seems like he's not really trying to, to leap out and sort of dominate the sound as much as he used to, which is I, very, I like that in music and, I don't really need the shredding loud guitar. We know like Rick can just absolutely soar and peak very loudly. So it's nice to see that. Um, yeah, Dripfield was great. Encore wise, hot dog. I thought when they bought out a hot dog hat, it was going to be for me personally, but you know, <laughs> that's all right. Neither here nor there. They'll get a second chance. Maybe I can get a picture with the golden Lizzie hat on. We'll, we'll make a, we'll make a, uh, you know, a reasonable concession. And then Rockdale with the Factory Fiction Peak. I mean, shit. Super fun. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. 
Good snap. Decent snap. Golden yeah, how are you supposed to snap is on that hat? Probably soft, to be fair. It's probably plush, even. Yeah, very little play. snap. Yeah, it's going to be like almost like a boil. We, well, we, we saw yeah. we saw Trev rocking it. Yep. Uh, it didn't look like it had much snap at that point, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, that was up close and personal. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you my thoughts real quick. Um, yeah, Animal, it's phenomenal. It's a great song. Love it. I, I someone I maybe it was me. We uh, I, is this is this Earthing Alien Alien Spiritual Daddy? Yeah, that was know. you. That was you. Yeah, yeah was that me? Okay. okay. Yeah. Just checking. Okay. Yeah, confirmed. So yeah, great version. I agree with you, D. I think that I think that last kind of run through at the very end was like okay, yeah, end it. You know, before it goes before it goes too far. Uh, but yeah, sometimes when you're in that funk jam, you know what I mean. I've never played in front of that many people. I've played in front of like ten people, and you know, if you're feeling it and the crowd's feeling it, that's when you, sometimes you keep going. I used to play the same song. I'd repeat songs. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, uh, if that's the one they like, I'll just play that one again. You know. But yeah, sick Western Sun Jam. Nothing out of this world. But, uh, but yeah, just just another solid jam. This was an interesting set. I mean, it's a you know it's a three song set. It was only sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Yeah, so it felt a little bit like I don't know. Did they? I didn't see. I can't remember the printed set list. Did, did they want to play another song? Like could could this another was, song have fit in? Maybe I don't know. Pancakes, Kylie. Pancakes, yep. Kylie. They wanted to do. Okay, yep. or just pancakes is good too. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then and then the drip field was good. I want to see Dripfield. Yeah, I just want to see Dripfield all the time. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to get to the album, play the vinyl this week, hopefully, when it makes it up here into the mountains. And, 6 a.m. Uh, Friday morning. And then the Rockdale Rockdale Encore with the Factory Fiction Jam, Tease, Tease's Jam, which which was pretty cool. And in fact, you know, I think I think maybe we were feeling some Factory Fiction vibes or some people were claiming to, to, to hear some factory fiction vibes. And that I think influenced me along with this jam to actually put uh, factory fiction in my fantasy picks for Bonnaroo, which of, of course didn't pan out. But, uh, but anyway, that's my factory fiction story for the week. Good story, bro. What do you guys got? <laughs> I don't know. Animal was good. I think folks are really high on this tune. Uh, I, I, like I enjoyed it. it at the time. Kind of has like a little bit of a, you know, owner of a lonely heart meets Michael Jackson vibe to it. Goose pop music, man. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, it, it did like the kind of trading solos thing, which I, you know, is similar to Earthling or Alien. And out of the kind of solo trading part, only kind of Trevor's part was the one that really stood out to me. And Trevor really crushed that. I, I, I can't really say enough how awesome that was live. But yeah, it... Uh, it felt a lot like Revelier Alien to me. Spiritual and I, I can't wait to hear more versions of the song. I, I, I can't. Uh, Western Sun was very good. Kind of had this very trippy, dead-like jam. And then it kind of built into kind of a very classic kind of goose ripper. Uh, Dripfield, to be there, was incredible. Um, it started to rain in the middle of Dripfield. And I think uh, Getty took control of the lights and did a whole bunch of things with the lights i don't think he normally would have done but he was definitely playing off of the rain being in the lights with lots of like kind of white light spotlights and there was an incredible light show to be had aside from the music 
uh, in that moment. And that drip field was intense and amazing. And that was like my third drip field live. Uh, Shout and, out to his rig too. The, the light rig was unreal. Yeah. I mean, and I think this is a good time to say like a couple things about that show that kind of from like a, a crew standpoint were different. The light rig was outrageous. That show, it was so good. I think you alluded to earlier, D, when you were saying that the, the LED lights during um, mm. Half Step were amazing. They were. And then again, throughout the weekend. But during the strip field, they were also very good. But the sound this weekend was so good. It was too good. In fact, I, my eardrums got completely blown out. I bought you know earplugs because I don't think I can actually... And another show of that volume again. But after the first night, like I couldn't even have a conversation with people because I was just, I was so blown out. But uh, yeah. And then, you know, they gave away the the Glizzy Award and and they did the Rockdale, which was more factory fiction than Rockdale. I think if we're going to call it teases, we're we're not really doing it justice. There was about, you know, a good 50% of Rockdale was actually factory fiction. Fictional yeah. Rockdale. Yeah, it was definitely a fictional yeah. Rockdale. Well, it's a good thing Neil wasn't on Fancy Goose Duty that night. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, let me tell you, I deserve points. We, we would have had to take some points back away from some people. Yeah, no, there was more minutes of Factory Fiction in that Rockdale than there were of Rockdale. I don't know. That's probably kind of a false claim. But yeah, uh, that was an amazing way to end the show. Very cool Rockdale. Not my favorite Rockdale of the year. Probably my third favorite Rockdale of the year, but like a great Rockdale. Primal banger in the rain. Yeah, no, that drip field in the rain was something else, man. I, it was pretty had sweet. To be there. First one, I'll admit. Yep. All right, should we move on to Indy? Indy, yeah. Indy. Yeah, so D and I were there, uh, and I got the set list for you. You know, this is night three of a three-night run for a whole ton of people. When I was at Indy, I saw so many people that I had seen just the night before, and it was hot. It was like the humid. hottest show, I, I think. It was humid. Uh, yeah, and it was very humid. The hottest show since Fred that I've been to. I just remember just like kind of standing around feeling hot. And, you know, I think the band maybe might have been a little bit tired from the night before. But, you know, here we go with the set list. It was uh, Honeybee Opener, Echo of a Rose, Me and My Julio, or Me and Julio <laughs> down by the schoolyard, sorry. Uh, and uh, who didn't see that coming? Um, Turn Clouds, Arcadia, I did. Seekers 1, Seekers 2, and Yeti to close the set. Nobody else saw the me and Julio. No, I thought the same thing. I was like, I should throw it in there as my one pointer at least. But honestly, I thought it was too obvious. Sometimes with some of these things with a city or, you know, they, they do it. an it's event, you yeah. know, or something or an yeah. anniversary, it's almost like, nah, they're not going to do it because it's too obvious. But no, nah, sure enough, we got it. <laughs> I'll, look, I'll, I'm just going to jump in here and make mine quick, so we can kind of start to move through this uh, through these next couple of shows. At least, I thought this was this was you know pretty average for the most part. Um, you know, Honeybee opener, a pretty quick, straightforward echo. Me and Julio. Hey, I, by the way, I would love to see Goose play late in the evening if if we wanted to kind of hit hit the, you know the, kind of the Paul Simon you know, vibes. I've always loved that song. It's been one of my favorites and kind of feel like it's in their wheelhouse a little bit. So like a lot of things probably are, but yeah, I would really, really love to see that and maybe see me and Julio just, just giving some, some time off. Uh, but anyway, then the turn clouds, uh, Arcadia. I thought this was really cool. Arcadia pretty laid back for a while. They built it up. Then they gave us the slow into fast ending, which, which I, I, I really do like. I really do like that ending. Seekers one, Seekers two, 
anniversary seekers. Uh, you know, that was, that, that was cool. Yeah. Shout out, um, to, I, I don't know if we talked about this before, just like, have we ranked show proposals? <laughs> yeah, we have. I think no, we, we have. I know. We I'm know kidding. Number one. <laughs> we have, and we know what the goat is. Um, yeah. and then yeah, Yeti closer. So yeah. Jukebox. Jukebox B. That's yeah, let's what you go. said that night, huh? Didn't you say jukebox? That's what I'm saying. A little bit sort of run through some tracks. That's what I felt. My quick observation on this uh, first set here is uh, just a couple nights prior to this, we were talking about, I think we saw the set list and they had six songs on it. And we were like, do they really think they can play six songs in a set? And then we're looking at this one right here and they played eight. So again, it's not always about the jams. They played some songs and they got a lot of songs in this first set. Yeah, man. What I have to say about this set, um, they had like uh, 24 ounce cans of Topo Chico hard seltzer at the <laughs> nice yeah no they were awesome i got a couple of them during this set uh met a lot of people during turn clouds this uh, is kind of a, this was kind of a topo chico set now that you mentioned yeah, it topo chico. it was i had a it couple was tacos chico i met jesse um, it was like a pleasant experience meeting jesse i assaulted noah um when he was like going to the bathroom uh, with the he and i assaulted noah that doesn't sound good Neil. i felt really bad about that Noah, if you're listening uh i'm, I'm sorry about that man I, like, I didn't know you had a sunburn, but I did slap and, on the back. And if you need to report that, please do it. Yeah, no, it was a group safe situation, <laughs> I think. Uh, but no, it was it was a fun set. I danced a lot during Ar- uh, Arcadia. That was like a really fun time. The Yeti was like short but sweet. It was really good. But that's all I got for the set. Set two, yo. Set two. Anyone else? No? Set one? All right. So set two. And like I love this set two. Uh, I had so much fun during this set two. SOS opener. Uh, and then pancakes, uh, can't you get out of my head? Pancakes, and then slow ready with a hockey encore. Um, which you know, there it is. If you have a discerning taste in music, you've called for this for a while now. But uh, you know, SOS <laughs> is like one of those songs where, like, I, I put it in the same bucket as like so ready, insofar as it's always the same every time you hear it. That doesn't really go far from the, the structure of the song. And I, I still love SOS every time I hear it. Yeah, it was awesome fun. here. It brought the house down. D was with me. We were dancing our asses off. It was great. Pancakes, can't get you out of the pancakes was also like really good. We're not gonna put this on like the you know top sixty-four jams of the year and, and talk about it, you know, next year we're doing like jam of the year rankings. But this was awesome and it was super fun to see. Slow Ready also fits that category where it's like not an all-timer jam. But an amazing show to be at and see. Uh, and then that hot tea encore was a perfect, absolute blazer of a hot tea. And I think every nobody there was like, this sucks and I want to leave. Everything about this set was like was great. So much fun to be at. Yeah, it was a it for the show itself, I didn't really talk much about the first. Um the this the venue itself was brand new. TCU Amphitheater right along the uh, the river in Indy. Nice, easy access. Becca and Brendan and I were able to snag a VIP surface lot spot somehow, thanks to some guy that said he worked at the parking lot. I think he did, but he just pocketed our cash and let us park on the spot. So, <laughs> Boom. Like, yeah, you know, you know, it's good when you've made your way back into a major metropolitan area. Yeah, Arcadia was cool. SOS was a great opener. That pancake segment would have probably lent itself better even with the cover to yeah the night prior as we said but oh well can't win them all but uh yeah overall for like being 
probably one of my least favorite set lists of a show that I've been to in combination of set list and jams. I had a lot of fun, which was quite awkward. You don't usually say that. Uh, Great people. Good to spend another night with Neil. Cool venue. It was a little hot, but it was just a good time. So I don't know. Yeah. Blast of a show. Yeah. Love SOS as an opener. I love SOS anywhere. Uh, It's a great tune. Yeah. Uh, Pancakes. Listen to some pancakes. The can't get you out of my head. There's some work that needs to be done on the uh, the vocalizer. I mean, there were some issue there, some issues there in terms of the vocals. That was uh, you're right, Kev. Good call. The, the transition back into pancakes was fucking awesome. I whispered to Neil, "This is going to be the best part of the show," and sure enough, it was. <laughs> and then, uh, to be honest with you, the you know, it, Jive's going to talk about this, but uh, you know, the abbreviated focused hot tea. In, in in the correct spot. I mean, I I, I like. Do you want me to talk about that? I I, th- I think it's a great. I think you're ready for it. Oh, dude, here here. I, I would like to put the ball on the tee for you, sir. Yeah. Let, hey, let me say something real quick. Hey, let me say something about hot tea real quick. Hold on one second. Love it. Encore that shit. You know what I mean? Give me a ten minute. Dude, <laughs> dude, encore that shit, bro. I mean, that's like. We did not I called pre- it. You we know what I mean? We did that. That was not pre-planned. Um, no, listen, real quick. SOS, yeah. Uh, like you said, love it. Played anywhere. Keeps getting better and better. They just, you know, tighten down that 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 hot jam. That's good stuff. The uh, the Kylie didn't do as much for me on re-listen, I got to be honest. I mean, I think in the moment it was kind of, you know, it was good, good dance jam or whatever, but uh, re-listenability factor is probably low for me. Slow ready to close it. Um, you know, kind of a, you know, kind of a short set coming out with the loop, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a kind of a, of a weird jam there. Wasn't really expecting T when they were kind of playing around with that stuff coming out of the loop. Um, so it was kind of cool that they just kind of killed that and boom, went right into the, to the, to the hot T closer that, that we, that we've been talking about. So yeah, I mean, good stuff, good stuff. Probably not, uh, you know, super high show on my list, but I, you know, I know Neil's been talking about how, how, how great of a time he had at the show. And so that's what it's all about. All these shows are fun to, to, to experience live. And so, so yeah, that's what it's all about. And so, yeah, let's, uh, are we ready to roll into Wilmington? Hell yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's get into Wilmington. Uh, Wilmington. Right, be- right, right before we do that, I want to give a shout out to uh, some of the charities that Goose has partnered with. Yeah. Hell throughout yeah. the tour. Uh, first off, uh, would be crayons for classrooms uh, for the two shows that they did in Legend Valley. Kindness over muscular dystrophy, who they partnered with before, uh, but again in Indianapolis. And then, of course, Planned Parenthood, uh, who does an awesome job taking care of women's rights yeah. uh, and helping yeah. women's health care uh, for both of the shows in North Carolina. So that's fantastic. Divided Sky, too, in Burlington. I think they did the Divided Sky Foundation for yeah. um, rehab facilities as well. So. And- ties into the the table it's cool to see them promoting helping people get well it's phenomenal to see all of that going into wilmington uh we had a time to flee opener uh the band ws walcott medicine show in the two slot a flow down uh life on the shelf as the four uh jive one and then of course rosewood heart uh what do y'all have to say about this first set here I, just real quick. Hey, just real quick off the back of the kind of, kind of related to the hot tea stuff, you know, it's like, you know, you know what, I feel like we're influencers here on the pod. And, uh, <laughs> but, but, but what I learned in Wilmington is that, 
because I, you know, I sent a tweet out real quick. I was like, oh man, W.S. Walcott, let's go. Best, best the band cover that Goose plays. But then they played like the shortest version ever of it. So. <laughs> Way to fuck it up. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. You know what I mean? It's like the, the, the live shit don't work. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, you have to record it and then, and he then made hope the, that he made the hot tea yeah, happen the night yeah, before. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. now, frankly, that's probably because somebody's, Somebody listened and then told their brother in the band and and then that's probably how it that's generally I think how it makes its way, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, nobody's on Twitter live and so that that just didn't help. So we got the shortest walkout ever, but uh, I stand by my, you know, my my proclamation that it's the best the band cover that that Goose plays. So love it, love it, love it. And this was a great time to flee by the way, and I think that that's a really awesome opener. It let it really lets them kind of you know, just kind of stretch out a little bit. It's a nice, easygoing jam. Uh, and this, I, honestly, this might have been the jam of the night for me too. Um, just, uh, you know, just just a really, really good, nice, flowy jam. I really liked it. Um, Flow Down, Life on the Shelf, Jive One, Rosewood Heart. So I think I mentioned earlier, I mean, I think I preferred the, the Rosewood uh, that we got earlier in this run than this one, but, but another great, you know, nice jammy rosewood to, to close this hat. So yeah, decent set, you know, bookended by some, by some nice jams with time to flee and rosewood. Neil or D what do you got? Uh, man, time to flee was pretty good. It was a classic time to flee, like felt like a 2020 time to flee. Um, rest of the set kind of flowed nicely. It's a shame that, uh, you know, jive screwed up walk at medicine show, but I mean, you know, <laughs> rest of it was pretty good. Uh, rosewood heart. I like, you know, it was a straight like Anna Lane Rosewood heart banger and it was good. Good set. Yep. Yep. Nothing new. Flea, flea felt older for me. Uh, yeah. Solid. What's what do we got for set two? Kep? Set two, uh, gives us another Atlas dogs, although an abbreviated version of it, uh, butter rum into wisteria lane into the mist into, 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 into the mist. And then, of course, uh, we get the Empress of Organos. What do y'all yeah, got? This Empress is like, it's crazy. Is it the first one they played since the start of this whole run that we're talking about right now? I think it is. Um, and that's kind of surprising. Uh, the last one they played was... And I don't they know played it again at Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. Well, they did it again at Bonnaroo. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, it was a cool set. There's not much to say about this set. There weren't like any incredible jams. These were all pretty straightforward songs. I feel like this show suffered a little bit from the, it, it. It's kind of like uh, Charleston, um, April 28th, right? Set list, like on paper, it might be like, all right, first set, you know, the float on life on a shelf. But I feel like if I saw this set on paper, it might jump out a little bit more to me than the performance did. I felt. They, it was hot there from what it sounds like 100 plus degrees or so there were dogs on stage jug bands out in the audience you know so it was just it was roasting it was just titillating you know pairs of sweatiness everywhere <laughs> oh man well it was north carolina i mean it's a miracle they got people to put shirts and shoes on to walk into the show so i mean you know whoa whoa <laughs> Yeah, easy. Don't make this political. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty standard versions though for me of most. The Empress though was very high energy and fun. Yeah, so that was a so, so this was this was an actual non-core. 
uh, Empress. Yes. This was the, this was the and and even with that non-core, this this was the shortest two setter of the year, coming in at, at about 139 jive minutes. Um, so so give or take, you know, a few minutes. <laughs> But no, I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, definitely the shortest show of the year, probably by about eight minutes, actually, uh, by my count. So, so yeah, so kind of interesting stuff there. I'm not sure what the uh, what the situation. This was the place on the lake, right? So I know there were some there were some lake houses, and so it's a super early curfew. Uh, for whatever reason, this one was really short. Maybe, maybe there were some extenuating circumstances. I don't know. But yeah, otherwise, uh, you know, not not a whole lot. Um, I, I think here that I would, that I would go into detail on, I mean, another run with a nice jam, you know, another new, a new a dogs, uh, we got a wisteria that I think was fairly tame, another finished missed. So good news there. Keep it in the rotation, keep finishing it. And then yeah, the non-core empress that was, that was really short and sweet. So, I mean, no huge problems with it, but you know, no big jams there. Short, short show overall. And yeah, that's Wilmington. Yeah. Shout out to Haps for being there. And giving us some updates from the show. And then, uh, yeah, man, Noncore is pretty cool. Because we're going to get two short songs there, and we got an Empress instead. So shout out to the band for, like, taking care of us there. Rally it up, dude. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's go. So, yeah, Rally. Last uh, last show that, we, that we've heard from this run uh, that we'll talk about. Hunger Side Opener. Uh, gotta say, I called this, uh, my boy Diesel, Johnny and I share our calls each night. Um, and actually I called flea the night before and then hunger site in Raleigh. So I was feeling pretty good about myself. I think I also had hunger site pretty high in my, in my fancy goose, uh, picks as well. Not doing too shabby. We'll talk about it a little more later. And then, uh, yeah, hunger site opener. Yeah. Love it. I mean, that I thought that was awesome. You know, this is one of those songs that, uh, I'm kind of still in that mood, where it's like I don't really care where they play it. I just like I just like it, and so I'm kind of like play it anywhere, and I'm good with that. Nice, nice segue into into Inside Out, Very which cool. which although I I don't think I've ever actually listened to the Spoon version or any other Spoon songs for that matter, but I, I've always really enjoyed this cover. And then we got the Butterflies, and then followed up by the Turbulence and the Night Rays again. So we're getting those new songs out there again. Uh, good stuff. Silver Rising. So now we're talking Hunger Sight, Butterflies, Turbulence, Silver Rising, all in that set one, all kind of new songs. So that was cool. You know, I mean, busting out the new stuff, but all new stuff that people seem to really, really dig. So so no problems there. And then, uh, and then yeah, pretty standard Matavan to close the set. Yeah, right. Hey. I don't think I have anything else to say. <laughs> no, was this, I mean, look, this is a, uh, I don't know. I think I think this was I think it was easier for me to to immediately say that holy shit, I mean, this is the this is the greatest mod van they've played that than it was for me to say that about the all I need or or anything else uh where we'd make that call recently. I mean, I think this Features, was you just said that's yeah, another contention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this was just such a such an enormous standout out version. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, and you know, look, they did a lot of the they did a lot of the evil evil jamming i'm not going to break it all down for you just go listen to it as many times as you need to but just that that good evil just shit they've been churning out lately and but what I, what i did find really really cool is just the way they move from that kind of darkness or more evil or heavy whatever you want to call it jamming the way they transition then into the just the beautiful jam that yeah. that followed 
Um, I mean, it, it was just tremendous. I mean, you know, kudos to these guys because uh, just crushing it. And look, we can talk about, you know, Trevor, you know, leading a lot of this stuff. And we can talk about all the fantastic stuff that Peter is doing in terms of kind of just soundscapes and, you know, new toys at his disposal and just just continuing to grow on the keys and with all these effects and with everything that with the gnarly shit that Rick's look, I mean, and Jeff solos. it's, 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 it's yeah. all these fucking guys, man. And, and it's just, yep. these jams have just the, the cohesiveness, you know, without calling any individual out, it has just been amazing, man. And, Leaps and this, bold. this jam is, is, is really spectacular. And I, and I thought, and I think frankly, not only is it, is it the best Matavan, but I, I mean, you know, when the dust settles for me, I don't know who knows. I mean, this is going to be really hot on my list because of, of just that, just just the cohesiveness of transitioning, you know, getting into the, the grittiness and then moving into just this really pretty, you know, just kind of serene stuff and then building that into the peak. I mean, it's just masterful to me. I mean, I I, I, I mean, it's just that's the goat Madavan. I mean, there's no doubt about it. No doubt. That's a, no question. It's a similar set to the Legend Valley Night One. Four new tracks, cover, staple, jam vehicle. And let's talk about range. Yeah. Butterflies to that churning dark Madavan. Yeah. Man. Range. Yeah. I, I mean, well, there's a lot to talk about in this set. Uh, Inside Out was a, you know, that's 10 minutes of Inside Out. And that's a great cover. It's funny. I, I spent a lot of my life like listening to like indie rock and you know in, indie groove rock no just like indie rock in general you know i, I was once a supporter of kxb if you're you've never listened to KXB, you should go listen to kxb seattle uh excellent radio station but there's a a dj w, on that station w, wxrt in chicago, chicago uh, well station. on kxb there's a dj on the station um uh, and her name's cheryl waters and when she plays one spoon's song she plays two like she doesn't like ever play just a single spoon song. She always plays too. Um, and she's like the midday, like radio host on that show, or I guess early morning, but I'm in Boston. So uh, in any case, you know, I've heard a lot of spoon in my life. Don't necessarily love spoon. I love this cover. This particular one was really good. And yeah, man, play the hell out of the song. It's just a, such an amazing cover for the band. Butterflies was really good and different than the first butterflies that they played. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was uh, a huge uh, like chorus uh, effect on the rhythm guitar in this one that wasn't there when they played at Legend Valley. So I thought that was also really cool. Uh, Turbulence this time felt a little bit tighter. And then, you know, Medivon, I don't know. You know, like we said. You know, Are you mad that they time. played Silver Rising? Uh, what Never. Was that? <laughs> that was Wait, not. What was the question? Uh, no, but seriously, this Medivon actually was... <laughs> And incredible. I, I don't think you could hear this in the moment and, and not say that it was a, an incredible jam. And I, I think I, I can't say much more. Like, go listen to it. Like B said, it's it's an incredible jam. The one thing I will kind of point out in this jam that kind of sets it apart from other Metavon jams is that Peter found the perfect moment to switch from guitar to piano. Uh, and, and that kind of shows me maturity in the jamming that this band has uh, that I don't think existed, you know, in 2019, for example, you know, when it went to that kind of like much softer, like really beautiful jam, yeah. you're new, like now's the time. Now is the time when I switched to piano and it sounded so good. Uh, and then, you know, 
the the really emotional soloing from Rick that kind of came later in this jam also I think is a sign of like it wasn't just Mission Arcadia like you're gonna get that kind of soloing from Rick more and more and you know it, it was here it was beautiful yeah you get the the this is we have the shredding in this sort of the Madhavan I'm speaking of similar to um it gave me some similar feels to Legend Valley of last year they almost extended a little more. And it kind of gets into those spaces. Uh, Kevin can reference the song. What's the Umphrey song? It sounds like. Jesus Christ, live. you're putting me on the spot, man. There you go. Let them let them live, or let them lie, or something. Let them lie, or. Uh, anyways, but I don't oh, know. It just, believe the lie. I'm sorry. Believe the lie. Okay, sorry. But yeah, it just it has um, it has sort of the two guitar attack and the way they approach it. And, and sort of create that dissonance. We talked about the dissonance and all I need, and they sort of capture a similar space that where Peter was on keys at Legend Valley for the all I need and then guitar here. And it's, uh, yeah, it's my no doubt best version of the song, probably right up there for the year so far, if not top and just stellar. Uh, yeah, not much more to say. <laughs> it was unreal. Every every time I listen, I think we all agree. I think we all agree there. So let's uh, let, let's move through set two here, and then uh, and then mo- move into some some kind of final um, final areas. Uh, yeah. So only another hour or so to go. Um, <laughs> set two, Bob Don, another Bob Don without you know. Uh, and so yeah, I think that uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. And opening we'll was a little tough. It's like a we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. Um, I, you know, we, if we have to write a letter, I mean, we'll do that. You know, we've 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 done it before. Sternly, We're here for the people. And then, uh, so then we got the arrow. We got we got another arrow, uh, which really busting the arrows out. Um, yeah, a lot of arrows lately. And then another one, arrow actually getting the back to back treatment with uh, Rally and Bonnaroo, which is also interesting. But uh, and then uh and then redbird i think the shortest redbird that that we've gotten short and and rather subdued and then uh and then a really nice drive definitely the highlight of the second set uh for me was this drive i I thought this was was a really really cool jam another another kind of single jammer in in terms of yeah the drives are gone but uh no complaints there i mean i don't honestly if the jam's that good, I, I I have no problems with with one or two jams here. It doesn't really matter to me. So ready to close it. California Magic Encore kind of surprised me a little bit. Was was kind of feeling a seven twenty six for my fantasy picks. I mean, for this crowd uh, that night. <laughs> what and, happened uh, to that song? Where is it? Yeah, yep. Yeah, they're saving it. They're saving it. It's coming out of Radio City. I mean, Radio come on. City. And uh, but yeah, California Magic closer. I think I, I, you know, we just saw it in the in the opener slot for Legend Valley. Know, well, for the Legend Valley, you know, so not, so not so not to start the run, but to to early in the run, we saw it as as the opener, and so kind of seeing it as, as the closer here was 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 definitely interesting. So maybe there was something to that them wanting to kind of open Legend Valley and then close the run out with it. I like it probably better in that in that set one opener or. You know, maybe set one slot two or penultimate set one slot. I think it fits really good in, in, in a lot of those areas. But that said, I've said this before. I mean, 
I, it's the best Father John Misty cover they do, and so if if they're gonna do Father John Misty covers, I mean, I think, <laughs> I I think this is the one that I want to see. So I'm ha- always happy to see it. I'm always happy to see it. I like I'm writing a novel, but I like California Magic better. It is kneeling at the altar. Yeah, the drive was the one for me. I got put on a little crash last listening, and really, really, yeah, I can't recommend the drive enough. Um, even for being unfinished and sort of um found some different some different landscapes but sort of some combinations i sort of they had this really nice ambient space right out of the jam um rick rick sort of emphasizes his tone that he's been working on uh this tour and i feel like this year not, not very like distinct growl almost for me it's very sort of deep and thick um and uh, we got the factory fiction light jam in there. I think Neil called it three times that that um, during yeah. drive was like, oh, it's coming now. Now it's really coming after. <laughs> then, um, it did. It did. It did actually have elements. But um, great communication between Rick and Peter, Ben and Jeff just doing well. Trevor, more Trevor moments. Um, yeah, but I really liked the drive in particular because I felt this is another good one I mentioned earlier tonight about rick being a little more subdued like kind of sitting back like his solo at the end of this version is a prime example of it just basically sort of does all of his work while everybody else is a lot more audible and sort of prominent in the mix and prominent in the jam but he's sort of just still going after it um but just doesn't really need to sort of take over and uh yeah stellar it's nice to see drive too. do do something a little different. I know we were talking about it. You've mentioned it a little, Neil. Takes a while or it takes something kind of special for a drive for an arrow. And so it's good to see. It's nice to see when they can sort of touch the song well. But otherwise, really solid, solid set. Probably not as good as the first for me personally, but um, yeah, fun, fun set. Very fun show too. Yeah, man, this, uh, this set was pretty good. Um... You know, I really enjoyed that drive. I think that drive is going to land somewhere pretty high on my like jam of the year playlist. Not like super high, but Johnny. you know, relatively high. You know, relatively high. Uh, my my youngest cousin was at the show, and it was her first show. She was there with her husband, and I was like uh, super excited that she got, like caught like them out of on and everything else. But um, man, you know, this show is like really cool. But like, let's talk about music we haven't heard. Uh, unless somebody else has has something to say about this set, but like you know, there's a whole Bonnaroo set that they played that you know, you know, only roughly like seventy five thousand people, according to Coach heard. Let's share our thoughts on on Bonnaroo. I mean, obviously, none of us none of us have heard anything. I mean, we, I, we got a couple of small snippets of video here and there, but uh, but none of us have have really heard anything. Who's going to run us through the set list? I got a set list here for us. So we had uh, this was. Per our um, that this guy on Twitter, I love him. His name is Jive Goose. If you guys don't know it, check it out. Great, <laughs> follow. Great account. Good follow. Yeah, Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, Fuck that guy. So at the farm in Manchester, Tennessee. Um, not uh, so we had a hot six seventeen. Pardon, June seventeenth. Um, so hot tea opener followed by Animal. Second showing of Animal. Another hot tea as well. Uh, Dripfield. Slow ready. Fish in the Sea, great call. Totally didn't think about that. Fun cover. Arcadia, Creatures, Arrow, Electric Avenue, and Empress. And I know there were a couple P 
people people wrote in a couple segues, right? Right, B. I mean, I know we you didn't put them on here, but I feel like a couple people had a couple lead-ins in some songs. Yeah, too. yeah, um, you know, no, yeah, I can't confirm any of that. Um, yeah, not until we hear it. And right now we're about two hours in, and if you're still with us, we appreciate you. All right, no, Kev's right. Let's let, let let's run through this real quick. I I don't have any comments because I haven't heard it yet, but it looks like a pretty sweet set. Well, My only comment. People. It's too many My only comment is that it looks like it looks it, if they did 120 minutes, which I don't know if how much, you know, kind of leeway they might have had with that. So maybe they played two and a half hours. I don't know. But the time slot was two hours. So if we're saying they played 120 minutes and I look at this set, I think pr- nothing probably really got that jammed out, which is kind of about what I would expect from this set. I mean, I, it, th- this this looked like a, you know, this was banger Friday and they they were just they were crushing a late night set for people that were there to party. And so I, I would have no problem if there isn't any extended improv here, but I also wouldn't expect it just kind of based on the information that we do have, but I can't wait to hear it at the same time because uh, the, the couple of clips that I did see, I mean, this, this place looked like an absolute fucking party and I'm sure this set was, was off the hook energy wise. And yeah, yeah. really looking forward to, to hearing it. Yeah. Animal must've hopefully it was shorter. I mean, that's two 20 minute songs last time, right? Driftfield, hopefully a little shorter, but that one's short harder to, 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 to truncate and then animal i'd like to hear it as a 10 minute song that's kind of what i'm really looking forward to if i have two things i'm looking forward to let's do that as well it would be animal and if there was any cool i could see something dripping out of slow ready into fish in the sea out of the um synth jam like arpeggio mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. even do it in a, a different sort of style so that would be my two things my the thing that I have is that I heard that somebody had a hundred percent, not a hundred percent, sold on goose shirt, and that they ripped that shirt off <laughs> That's and true. threw it into the crowd during the set. So my takeaway from this set is I hope Goose has a couple more fans that are a hundred percent sold now. Well, and also, I mean, definitely a shout out to the Bonnaroo Beetle in the Ear dude on Acid. Um, I, hope, I hope that dude's doing well, man. I hope the Beatles doing Wait, well also. To be what honest, what happened? You know? I didn't hear this. Oh, you missed out on this. Oh my gosh, dude! Real quick, um, and I'm paraphrasing here from from a tweet that that was in a thread <laughs> earlier. So there was a dude who had uh, who was tripping, and before the Goose Show, his ears started getting all fucked up, and you know he was hearing noises, and it was like he couldn't hear right. And he was starting to get worried. And then I was also hearing later that like his crew was getting worried. Like everybody was kind of like a little bit on edge. You know, I mean, I think everybody's tripping and, you know, their buddies got a ear fucked up. Well, it turns out uh, a beetle then crawled out of his ear, like right before the show started. And then it was like, I'm sure it was like kind of gross for him. But then everybody was like, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, super, yeah, super ecstatic. You know, it's like, oh my God, we solved the ear problem that like could have almost ruined our night. And now we're just going to celebrate. And, uh, as I'm sure it's probably, probably best show ever for a beetle in the ear, dude, <laughs> love unifying events, people. dude, I bet that would be, that would be an awesome experience. I recall like a group of your friends all tripping and you're like, 
you have that defining moment, it's it's paramount to a good night and yep. to a good. That would be yeah. like everybody that the, was there is going to remember that exactly. Oh. All the imagine friends. like yeah, imagine like what they were thinking about that beetle like later after the show, like sitting around the campsite. You know what I mean? Do you think it crawled like, across what, his face? I don't know what. Did, I, no, I'm just wondering like what 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 might that beetle have represented? You know what I mean in his <laughs> life. <laughs> If he, what if he had the hundred, not a hundred percent sold on goose shirt? If it was the same guy, Beetleman, no, it Man, wasn't. But, lots of different yeah. emergence. That being would be the different ways. Yeah. 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 Neil, what are you? Looking I, I, for? I tell you this, I'm not, I'm not one hundred percent sold on having a fucking beetle in my ear. Yeah, no. I, I'm zero percent sold on a beetle in my ear, sir. That is, that is probably <laughs> one of my fears. I know we're get, like, right? Do, do you? Are like, some of you too young to understand Star Trek or to remember Star Trek? Oh man, with the helmet on, put the helmet, the little worm that went in his yeah, ear. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, oh, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, that's nightmare stuff, dude. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm too young for that. You guys are way too fucking old. Uh, <laughs> You're like my older, younger brother. Yeah, yeah, dude. Do we need to transition to the sack? Uh, yeah. yeah, man. Well, well I think we want to let Neil have some comments on Bonnaroo. Oh, yeah, no, I have nothing back. to say about Bonnaroo other than the fact that I haven't heard it. Um, you know, sometimes on podcasts you can talk about shows you haven't heard, but uh, I'm not one of those guys. So let's like jump to the mail sack. Do you want to? Do you want to cradle us into the sack as well? Uh, hell no, because uh, I'm not prepared for that. Sure. So, right. If you so guys I've, have something, well, yeah, I can always. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've got it up right now too. And, and hey, look, I have um, the sack up. So go ahead. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend some some a little, we're gonna spend a little more extra time on the sack. We than, have plenty of time. Nobody's do. nobody's limiting us. And uh, and so yeah, so so let's all take a few. And and I, honestly, I'm just gonna start scrolling down from the top. So so Gusilios, Gusilios at at, at Gasilios, um, you know who who we, we you know we interact with a bit. You know, he had a kind of interesting comment here. I thought where he talks about. You know, or he asks, has there been a noticeable change in Jeb's activity level in the last few few weeks? Seems like he's recently much more integrated on every song, not sitting back, just shaking a Pringles can. He, he didn't mean that in the wrong way. He, he even said that he, he's kidding to a degree. And he said it's not a knock on him either. Uh, I, thought more the the Pringles, so, I thought the Pringles can was cool. Well, so so my thought here is too, yeah, I've been thinking too recently – we're see, we're definitely seeing. I can't speak to all the the various percussion you know changes and this or that at, at a granular level, but he is playing the kit more, which which I love. And sometimes it makes me think like, long term, are we looking at two full kit drummers or or more in that direction? And if we are, that I, I think that's awesome. But I definitely have noticed the adjustment on the kit more. Which yep. which I fully embrace. His kid has been growing too. Adding pieces. Yes. Yeah. And adding Pringle cans. More Pringle but I, cans. But I agree. I think he's I think his sound in general is as um I can't remember who it was I spoke with, maybe Brendan. Somebody else was hmm. stating how Jeff's addition to the band though just has sort of evolved and we've kind of gotten to a space where he actually is adding uh, more elements and layers and like sort of this this comment says sort of is bringing something to the jam rather than kind of accompanying it and sort of uh, mm. uh you know playing sound with it i would think he's sort of actually pushing and helping ben and that the drum 
the drum leads we hear on, like you said, the kid on Wisteria and the All I Need from Legend Valley. It's this sort of yeah. descending beats that he's added to. I like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, I'm going to knock out a couple more uh, mail sacks. I got a good one. I got a good one. This is from Zach Straw at Z Hawkeye 79. That's our I boy. Think, I think Zach. he's an Iowa alum. What up, Zach? Shout out, shout out Zach Straw. I saw him also at Legend Valley Spaced. He's, he's been crushing it in the old FG as well. So OG he, from Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin? Iowa. Oh, he, he was at those shows. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we met. Yeah, sorry, we met him in Eau Claire, Iowa anyway, boy. Zach Zach says, as far as the RCMH or Radio City Music Hall acoustic sets, are you thinking Orobolo or pardon Arevolo or a different lineup? <laughs> full goose lineup. Full goose yeah. lineup. It's going to be full for sure for me too. Just like the sheep set. Yep. Yep. If people need a reference point, is that June twenty eighth? Brian, probably is that it? It's the twenty eighth, not the twenty seventh. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah, so people can listen to that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna uh, now how they approach it and what that sort of looks like as quote unquote acoustic will be interesting and cool to see as a stage setup because I think they'll switch it. Um, I know like uh, one band that sort of did that approach and still will occasionally is Sound Tribe. Um, took on sort of an acoustic set and they sort of have a different setup stage setup will be different i assume i for one would like to see the return of maybe even the piano for peter would be cool rather than just the guitar but i think we will see that maybe grand would be cool for some some of the acoustic um i just thought about that but yeah yeah there was like uh, just to pick up on that point to before we move on to the next like mail sack um Meal sack. <laughs> Meal sack. Him, him too. Um, yeah. You know, there were, were a couple of folks. Um, the Twitter name is escaping me, but it was uh, the the algorithm guy, um, and also uh, Captain Incredible. We're talking about like it's probably likely that they're going to play with some kind of a, a you know a grand piano or whatever the house piano is that exists at Radio City Music Hall during that acoustic set. Which yeah. I hadn't really thought about, but like it makes sense. There is some kind of like concert grand piano that lives inside that building, so I think we should expect to hear that maybe in the acoustic set. I don't know. We'll see. All right, if I can uh, lead in here, we got uh, "Don't Go Back to Rocktail" back easy, Jim. So this is a multi-part question here. Oh, dude, uh, I had this one too. That'll probably spur some conversation. Uh, first part. Is this the number one goose podcast? It's the only uh, one. It's the my, only one. Yeah. Well, yeah. my initial response to that, of course, is I hope all the goose podcasts have fun. Uh, have fun. How does one fill the huge void left by why ours? Uh, if you're listening for the first time, uh, young Ryan is why our. Uh, how are you dealing with his absence? Oh, I actually kind of forgot he wasn't here. I'm actually, <laughs> while we're talking, I'm actually uh, printing this out. Uh, I'm going to bind this, and I'm actually going to send him transcripts of this. <laughs> nice. Uh, might it go swimmingly if he's not invited back? Uh, open no. question. I can't answer that. He's he's the Canadian heartbeat of this operation, so he has to come back. Uh, <laughs> will... that, like He could not be not invited back. There's no stopping 
young Ryan. Everybody knows this. Yeah, like he's a emerging Canadian conglomerate multimedia wise. Uh, will the Radio music. City Music Hall get Factory Fiction or Elmag? Yes. Yes. Does it matter? No. <laughs> no. No. It doesn't. It doesn't. Oh God, this one I think is directed towards Jive. Was Kylie a second set faux pas? Uh, no. I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand that question. <laughs> I don't think I can ask him to rephrase it. What do you think, B? Just off I mean, the I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I would probably say, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I just think that, I don't know. I think that set lacked something. And I think that they spent a lot of time on, on that can't get out of my head. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would say true here. True. And and the last part to his his tweet is going to make us all cry. Does seven two six have the worst onset list to actually played ratio? Has to be false. No false. False. Uh, Atlas Atlas is the winner here. Well, if we're talking about original songs, but but Neil, if we're talking about original songs. Well, that wasn't specified, but go ahead. And recently. Well, okay. Well, fair enough. Well, if we're going to throw covers in, we can throw covers that haven't been played for a few years. You know what I mean? So, no, 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 no. Like on the set list, but not yet played. Like Peaches? <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I missed yeah, that. So, so songs that are appearing on set list, but getting booted. I feel, like, yeah. I feel like this old C's been booted. Yeah, right. Um, a, a bit as well. So, so I'll take that. Okay. No, my apologies. I was White thinking. White Lights is on a run. Yeah. Yeah, lately, right? Three shot three now, but did wasn't it on the Bonnaroo set list again too? Yeah, I feel like C's you just hasn't been played for so long for for much longer than that. Even, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if we've seen anything else get kicked off a set list that's that's been on the shelf for as long as C to be in terms of originals. Okay, oh, we go. We go we going back around. I got some more. I got some more good ones here. Yeah, let's do it. This guy says sweet. Oh wait, wait. Actually, wait. I want to talk about the YR thing. Like, are we are we going to fill the void of of YR? And the, my answer to it is, this episode is roughly two hours less than it would have been if YR was here. Yeah. So I don't know. We're just going to let the listeners decide. I'll probably run a poll. Um, <laughs> just it, like, should he come back, um, or should we move on without him? I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know. Or there's like the better question of like, how do we stop him when he does come back? Well, here's another one. Our, our good buddy, Madison Huvan, yeah. who, if you're not following at Madison Huvan, then, you know, please do. I feel like I should tweet this all the time. Like, I try to retweet his stuff as much as possible. So I hope that I hope that that, that people are, are, are getting on board because this this dude is Chris. You're fucking hysterical. You, your, your stuff is great. And he's got a true false here. It looks like for us. Uh, is it true? Ryan Storm was forced out of the AAT Goose Pod for preferring the DC Wisteria over San Fran. I'm going to say true on that. True. I mean, yeah, I think that's that, true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that we all kind of got a little bit tired of that nonsense. Yep. And, uh, you know. I got a good one here while you're finding it, B. From Alex, from Alex Tremel at Senor ATL. I've been feeling a lot more of the 70s and 80s rock and yacht. Blah. Yacht. <laughs> Rock and yacht rock vibes from the band lately. Turbulence sounds like a Billy Joel song, and Hunger Sight and Studio Arrow both have some of those vibes as well. Intentional expansion of sound. Will we ever get a moving out 
into turbulence. Ooh. I sure hope not. <laughs> I think the sound, though. I think the sound, yeah. It, and and, and um, maybe not so much butterflies. I mean, I think I can hear where some people would say kind of turbulence is the biggest one, but hunger sight definitely has some they get they're getting sort of yeah i think i think we're sort of i think the way i would put it is as we start to see more originals you know for them it's displaying more of the influences that we haven't known or it we had such a select uh grouping of songs you know for the majority of this band's history so far and for now them to put out you know 15 new songs in the last you know, 12 to 15 new songs in the last two years, pretty impressive or 10 to 15, whatever it is, but in that realm. So it's pretty cool. I think. Okay. This one. is my last, this is my right, last one. I, I, I found the one I was looking for. Um, and, and it was actually just, j- just kind of a, a legitimate question about Bonnaroo and, and just uh, if we had information on kind of all the various sit-ins and, and whatnot. And so I'll just, I'll share what I saw and then you guys can add, add anything that, that, that I'm missing, but there was definitely the Frasco set where I think Rick and Peter both played and Trevor just kind of wore the golden glizzy hat and danced a little bit. And then uh, Rick sat in on the Super Jam for a couple tracks, uh, Take On Me and and something else I don't have in front of me. And then Peter sat in with with Pigeons. And I think those are the only ones that I saw. Were there, were there others? No, I think that covers no. it. I think that's it. There you go. Okay, sweet. So that was just really like a question and answer then for that one. Yep. No so that's our answer. Uh, the guy from Spoon did sit in later in the the, uh, Super, the Jam? Super Jam set um, and and sang a couple tunes that like Goose has actually done live and like I meant to write this down before we did it and I didn't and I I'm ashamed. Uh, however. Yeah, and I'm sure Rick was like bummed about that because I'm sure he loves those guys, and I'm sure he would have loved to have been up there for it. But uh, that's how a, a super jam goes. I don't know how much of a jam that really was, but yeah, because it was basically all bleachers and like no other musicians like on stage. Well, it was all like 1984 yeah. songs. Yeah, right. Um, was that what it was? Yeah, well, that was the idea. It was like tunes from '84. Yeah, because what was the main guy's name? Who was the super oh, jam kind of host? Uh, he's the guy from Bleachers. I don't know his name. But, he was born in 84. And so that was the theme of this uh, where okay. all the 1980, like they did jump, you know, obviously, like I said, take on Shout. me and hot, hot, hot. No, none of those. Yeah. I don't think those are. Yeah. 84. <laughs> all right. I got one. We ready? Yeah. Ready. Uh, Honk Nation said to us, I want a good 30 minute discussion of turbulence in the night rays with emphasis on Raleigh's and how fluid Rick's lines were in it. Um, I think we've done that. Raleigh. That's true. Raleigh. Um, Raleigh. Yeah. yeah. Did I say Raleigh? Yeah. Raleigh. 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 I think we talked about uh, Turbulence in the Night Race for at least 30 minutes tonight. So I think we've done that one. We like it. I like the song. That's true. So, shall we talk about true. Fantasy Goose if we don't have more mail? Oh, yeah. 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 Let's yeah let's wrap up with a little, uh, little FG chat. A little flex. I mean, look, I, I've got the standings up right here. So here's here's the here's the facts. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the facts. Yeah, I'm not one to boast. So why don't you go first? You are uh, one uh, to <laughs> boast. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, ten pounds so I, of darkness. Yeah, yeah. So ironic that Neil would have me go first. <laughs> Considering. 
So so right now we've got uh, Hoseboy, no, Hosewood <laughs> Neil in parentheses in first place. I don't I don't know if I know who that is. Hose Beast. Jive Goose in second place. These are the overall standings for the Dripfield Summer Tour, Fancy Goose, if we didn't mention that. And then, um, hey, look, Zach Straw, friend of the pod. From Iowa. Friend of the family. He's in third place. From we Iowa. got Corey Manasoni. Manicone. Manicone. I know I, I I know that name, but I but I I don't know if is he twi- is he a Twitter guy? I don't know. Well, he's more. Uh, I met him through another group. Uh, he's from New York. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't okay. know how. He Mikey Hong Kong. I don't know who Mikey Hong Kong is. I don't think that's I, I real wanted, person. I want to know yeah. who Mikey Hong Kong is. Garrett. I think we know who Garrett is. Yeah, I met know. Garrett. Met yep. Garrett this week or last week. He's connected. Yeah, he's connected. He sees a lot of Dave Matthew. You might know him from DMB tour. And then we've got Young Ryan Storm, Daniel Whit. Whitty. E. Whitty. And then even, even Terry Alfredo. Even Terry In the Alfredo. ninth spot. And then we've got John Caruso, Tedditor in Chief, rounding out the top 10. So I just want to say, just to recap, we've got five AAT pod members in the top nine. So, I mean, shout out to us. I mean, good job by all of us. Neil and I the most, but fuck all y'all. You guys uh, were the I other three were like the... put yourself in my category, but like, I mean, <laughs> you know. I loved if I could just put myself in your category forever. <laughs> didn't didn't Daniel win last year? Uh, by yeah. one point, yeah. by one. But point. he but he won though, right? Yeah, by one point, by half a point. Yeah, won, I mean, uh, right? I, I, no, so, no, no. You're right, Neil. You are the reigning runner-up, and I think that should be recognized. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, but let but, me just uh, say, more you look at this. Place. But just as if if we back up a little bit and just talk, you know, fancy goose in general, because I mean, this is a serious competition, and I mean, people put put a lot of time and effort into <laughs> into you know their picks and, and make sure that. No, so it's interesting. We got five potters up here, so wow, we're putting yeah. a lot of time into this. Nobody doubts that. Nobody doubts our time. And then John is obviously tetering. A magazine, so he's putting in his time looking at all this shit. You know what I mean? So it makes sense he's up there too. You know, what I'm most impressed by is Zach Straw. He's holding on the number three spot. He's got a family. He's not a professional <laughs> potter. He's not out there doing professional podcasting. You know, he's not. He doesn't have a magazine or anything. You know what I mean? Like he's just uh, for the love of the game type shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so my, I'm just being serious. That's I, I got respect there. I just sent him some mail today, too, because he wins calling the opener, too. So he's dialed in. I mean, he's dialed in. Yep. He saw saw him walking in night two. He was ready to rip it. I think he – didn't he get a golden goose recently, too, or something? Anyways. Well, you know, I'll say this one thing about fantasy goose. Add up all the points since 2020. There's one true champion. Oh, here he goes again. Since this uh, one time in time, you know, yeah, Daniel's yeah. got lucky. He, he likes to filter. He filters this. How can I filter these this data to make it the longest time I've been in first? I, I'm, yeah. I'm, Let me massage the data for a while, and I'll. I'll twenty twenty. I am the greatest, and there's yep, really nothing else to beyond that. I mean, I mean, come on, you are I'm, okay. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. All right. All right, let's wrap this up, boys. This was uh, that was super fun. Seriously, 
Shout out to everybody that that contributes to the mail sack. You know, we we love interacting with all of you. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, we're yes. recording on Monday, the day after Father's Day. So all the dads out there, all the single moms out there, and uh, yeah, all the Radio City, Radio City Music Hall. I know, I know, D, you're going to be there. You on both nights? How can you only go one? D, I thought you had some work. I thought you had some work obligation oh. or something. So I you, think, yeah, I, I was able to go both. Yep. Sorry. Okay, D's going to be there. Neil's going to be there. Um, yeah, super jealous of of you guys. Fan. A lot of East Coast yeah. fans. Dylan Red Rocks, baby, coming up. Hell yes. Yeah. Can't I'll, wait. Uh, I'll be running a workshop in New York about uh, Fantasy Goose picks. Jesus uh, Christ. So <laughs> find me in New York City. Um, yeah. I don't know where the hell I'm going to be. I might be eating ramen, or I might be just like shit face at the bar. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, T- 10 pounds of guessing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold him to that. We'll have some ramen and just guess with it. He'll throw it all on the table. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll put it all there. Yeah. Actually, it hasn't been said yet tonight, but like we miss Ryan terribly. He's a great friend, uh, awesome contributor to this podcast. Has I, a lot of work. I, I sure hope he's having fun at camp. Man, he's in the woods and he's fishing and camping. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, screw Ryan. Uh, but in any case, we miss him terribly. Anybody else have anything else before we go? Cue the cue the Madavon music. We are out. Deuces. Hello. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.